everybody, and welcome to episode 343 of Video Game Apocalypse. It's a palindrome, and I'm your host, Michael Raparez. Who else is joining <laughs> me here in the mystical, magical, your name, him, memorial studio of the airwaves? Scruffy-looking nerf murder, Chris <laughs> Antista. <laughs> Don't judge me, but I already have my Christmas lights up. Matthew Allen. And special guest. I didn't get my Shinmu copy, and I'm upset as hell. You should be. <laughs> Hi, I'm T.L. Foster. I didn't get my Shinmu copy, and I'm upset as hell. That is upsetting. Thank you for joining us, though. For taking time ah, out yes. of out of your, your grief-stricken <laughs> evening to... Uh, <laughs> I think you're, you're However, will you get revenge on Lon D? Yeah. I cried at a Dragon Ball Z-themed restaurant that I went to today. That is not a joke. I went to a Dragon Ball Z themed ramen restaurant that just opened up in Jacksonville today. Dude. His sadness is at 9,000. Do the waiters wear <laughs> giant foam wigs? <laughs> they don't. But the shopping so the shopping area has like, you know how shopping areas have like all these different names. It's like Re, like Re, Regency Park or something like that. Mm. The shopping area is called the Triforce. What? And then there's, oh. a, <laughs> there's a very Triforce-like insignia in the middle of the thing. I'm like, there has to be a lawsuit like mm-hmm. waiting yeah. for this. We, we got AOC touting her silver status in League of Legends. This is what happens when gamers grow up and run shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my it's, god. This is this is a lot. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the worst. Hey, this seer's just prestiged. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. Maybe maybe millennials shouldn't have gotten older. We should have just stayed at twenty and then just stopped. Mm-hmm. Some would say you have. Yeah, I thought you all just acted that way anyway. <laughs> were, were both of my references old man references? Yeah, I was going to say Sears. <laughs> Sears isn't going to live through the end of the year. How can they prestige? Uh, our Sears is gone, and no one no one said anything. It wasn't even on the news. It just went away. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I think of Sears as being a kid and being upset my mom was in here, and I just had to sit and look at washer machines. Like yeah, I, um, uh, yeah. I, I just remember I in a while. the crushing disappointment. They would always like call them out on like PBS. It's like this program is brought to you by the Sears Roebuck Foundation, and I was devastated uh, uh, several years into my childhood when I found out that was not the Sears Robot Foundation. <laughs> oh, and I know for a fact Michael is referring back to his uncut copy of ET, where they aired it for the first time ever, uncut. Only sponsored by Sears. Yeah. It wasn't actually the movie that was uncut, but E.T. himself. Like, you finally got <laughs> to see his I've, massive I don't know dome. why, but we, you and I have had this conversation before. I know that about our recordings. <laughs> that, that all, all of a sudden on, on CBS, dick. we've made this joke before because, like, like uh, Elliot's brother's like, hey, nothing but hell shit. And, like, mm-hmm. it's CBS. It's 7 o'clock. Holy shit. Sears allowed this to happen to say hell shit. Yeah. On, on, hell shit and on penis a- breath. Hell right. shit and penis breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right there in the first hour. <laughs> Brought to you by Sears. Didn't someone call someone else like a Vans Deferens or something like that's that? A, that's a laser time <laughs> conversation, but it's, it's, it's yeah, one one time they put E.T. on the air completely un, uncut. I think two commercial breaks, but like no cuts. Only brought to you by Sears. It had one sponsor, so you saw one kind of commercial for three hours. I mean, FAO Shorts was unavailable at the time, so of course That's it had to true. be Sears. FAO right. Shorts. Fuck you. You're like three years younger than me. Jesus. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like six years younger than That's you. True. Let's, That's true. Let's, let's keep that completely real. It doesn't make E.T. a bad movie. Ah, it's fine. I'm it's gonna the pull best. The, I'm going to pull the Greg Miller line about Iron Giants. It's fine. 
What an asshole. <laughs> I've never not liked Greg Miller before. Now I do. You know that You know that I, I fly the Iron Giant flag in my living room all day long. I understand. It's okay. And E.T.'s okay. And it's I haven't fine. seen you since you've been to my house. <laughs> oh, when, did we, when, when we recorded a, probably one of the most drunken bonus times of I, all If time. I never told you that, I, I blacked out in the middle of it. Um, and I don't remember how we closed. I, I and then I, I came down the next day and like two and a half hours. I'll get started editing this, and I'm not even close to done. <laughs> yeah, I think it just ends with I, Sam was saying something, and I was just, and like Sarah's like we need to, end, and I was just like okay, I'm just going to end the show. Um, and then I just ended the show. Uh, it was a lot. We were really. It was a. We had a very fun time that weekend. Good time. Watch, watch, watch. Don't mind is my name. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, why. Michael and I have fun too, you guys. It's fine. No, we, we don't. We've We're got very boring. We've got beers <laughs> we've here. Got, we've got dry oat mush straight out of. I like special ordered it from the Green Eggs and Ham universe. Uh, <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> uh, Green Eggs and Ham, brother. Don't nobody want to see no shit like that. <laughs> You know, as long as we're talking about ETs and shit, this week's episode was largely inspired by something with a lot of aliens in it. Obviously, Star Wars mm. Jedi Fallen Order just came out. Obviously, if you're listening to this in a timely fashion and not years from now, in which case, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Dick! Just pretend it just came out. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. Just, just pretend There's probably going to be another one. I've already seen Dolomite is my name 20 times. Why are yeah. they talking about this like it's new? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I talked last week. I I didn't have the money, but I liked The Mandalorian so much. Mm-hmm. It created so much goodwill, I bought Star Wars. I, I bought Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Because, oh, like, wow. I just wanted to spend more time in the Star Wars universe and... Like not it? being able to binge the show on Disney Plus, like I just wanted, I want to do more Star Wars, and I haven't done that in like a really long time. We'll get into it more in the second segment specifically. Mm-hmm. I do like it. It's like a the first Tomb Raider reboot meets Dark Souls. It, it kind of one meets, Dark Souls meets Uncharted. It, it's a best. Yeah. We're, we'll talk all about it yeah. in new releases. But I, yeah, I like yeah. that with the aliens that it's like they actually talk in English and they act like normal human beings it's not just like <laughs> with like subtitles was, like yeah buddy you're right you was tell the, um the four four-arm pilot spoken. is that the same race <laughs> of pilot that was in solo was it wasn't one of those guys in solo as well I have no idea because I feel like that it was a similar character in solo kind of like a wisecracking for I know you can beat the fuck out of uh, Alan two dicks from uh, mm-hmm. Rogue One in well he's got two dicks mm-hmm. so yeah uh, I wouldn't two dicks but too, uh, baby. yeah, it's it's set between episode three and the original trilogy, A New Hope, whatever you want to call it. And it is about a young Jedi, one of the few survivors of the Order 66 massacre. And he gets involved with a couple of other people who want to go out and use him to help rebuild the Jedi Order. So this is your goal, ostensibly. You're going to find a bunch of cool stuff and rebuild the Jedi Order. And guess what? This is before New Hope. So you know before you even pick up the box or start playing, <laughs> this is not going to happen. Spoilers, Michael. What are you doing? <laughs> this is ridiculous. No, okay. You know, he rebuilds the Jedi Order, but then it gets shut down again. And just somehow nobody ever talks about it. <gasps> so wait, does he, does he also start the, like... Start the Jedi Order, but then joins Darth Vader, and then he becomes Darth Vader. Ooh. And it's like nobody talked about the Darth Vader's just a different guy now. 
Well, that's why right. the Vader in the original trilogy looks so much different than Hayden Christensen. Yeah, you know, when yeah, they, no. they took the helmet off, that was a totally different yeah, person. Yeah, totally different dude. Yeah. That that fucking mo-capped Forrest Whitaker Eileen is so wonderful. Okay. People don't know, you know, Darth Vader's like the Dread Pirate Roberts. He's just a different guy that mm-hmm. just changes. And it's the it's title. Like, I want to see you with my own eyes because I, you're not actually my son, but it's important to keep up the illusion. You seem important. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if that was on the show. Like, I had so much work to do after our last recording, and because of Matt's only fucking Disney Plus recommendation was Blackbeard's Ghost, so I went Tell and watched, watched it, it. Like, yeah! right after we recorded. Dude, it's good, right? <laughs> Tell it's good. It's um, it's <laughs> charming. I'm very upset you watched that first when there's well, so many over great, what when there's so many great programs like Remember the Titans. Oh, that's and, fuck that movie forever. No, no, no. It, no. I, I I love you that can movie. lead with gargoyles, but no, I, I watched I watched the Mandalorian, a goofy movie, and a, the computer wore tennis shoes, and then I was like, yeah. I want to look at something I've never seen. So Blackbeard's Ghost, where Blackbeard's Ghost comes back from the grave, sounds just like Prince John from Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. It is uh, Prince John from yeah, Robin Hood, same actor. <laughs> and they use this they use this amazing occurrence in the spiritual. <laughs> To use this poltergeist to win a track meet. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so charming, and I love it. And I know it's not great cinema. It's not supposed to be, but it's fun. Mm. No, no. It, but yeah, I, I couldn't stop reading about it. I couldn't stop looking at a fucking Blackbeard's ghost. It has one of my favorite posters of all time. Just like a uh, no bot, an invisible man in pirate uniforms on a motorcycle with his legs in the air. Yeah. <laughs> and and Peter, Peter Ustinov's like a Shakespearean actor, dude. Oh. Like, <laughs> It's so good, dude. He is so Prince John. I love it. It is. Yeah, that's, you, you can't help but think of Prince John when you watch it. It's yeah. great. So, Jedi Fallen Order. Mm, Again, right. that, that whole setup with the, like, we're going to set out to rebuild the Jedi Order, and you know they're going to fail, made me think about, like, kind of an interesting thing to explore, like, games where, because they're prequels, usually, or be, because mm-hmm. you know what the canon is after this, like, you already know, even before the game is out. That yeah. This is not going to work out well for the heroes. This is going to be about being on the losing side or uh, at the very best winning some Pyrrhic victory where maybe you die, but you set up something important for the real heroes right. or uh, you just fail and run away with your tail between your legs. Yeah, I mean, you always have kind of the hidden hope that you might have a temporary victory that then they'll retcon some other shit and mm-hmm. it'll undo everything you just did so that like yeah. you can walk away feeling good. Or, or like there'll be another game where you're suddenly Mega Man and like, oh yeah, we don't talk about that anymore because it really only happened on a couple planets and who cares? <laughs> but in all of these games, I always feel like you're searching for the really good hidden ending that, that might mm-hmm. might just retcon it just enough so you yeah. can feel good about all your effort. Mm-hmm. But for yeah. the most part, no. Yeah, for the most part, no. And some of these, we we don't even have to spoil the endings to tell you, like, yeah, this doesn't work out well. Uh, you do not succeed. Yeah. Live or yeah. die, you do not succeed. Well, I think that that's this whole premise, right, is these are based on, these are kind of usually based in well-known universes, and so it's like, well, wait, how how can you have that game where, the, where knowing that either a future game in the series or even a previous game in the series because some of these are prequels I'm assuming mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's like well it starts like that so how is how could you win anything it, in that it, situation it shouldn't be exciting but like as much I'm a huge proponent of a, a Rogue One mm-hmm. I, I, I like Rogue One and you, you walked in that movie knowing that like you know they succeed but we've never heard of these people before so individually they do not right and mm-hmm. it 
And I, and I walked out of there and like that is the most war movie in the Star Wars universe I've ever seen. Yeah. Like usually you just see a bunch of people giving orders from the helm of a ship and these are people on the ground blasting the fuck out of each other until they're all dead. Yeah. Or like, sometimes you know they're yeah. not going to make it. What did I how did I put it to you Michael? You, the American Beauty it. Hmm. Where it's start you know it's like oh they're we know they're dead this entire time. Oh, yeah, the fucking 90s, like that intro. This is me. And I'll be dead by the end of right. the movie. I bet you're wondering how I got on this horse. <laughs> but it's or like, well, in it. Well, the story of how they got there can still be interesting for your mm-hmm. playthrough. Yeah, so. yeah. Like, you know, the only one I could think of when you mentioned that was like Eternal Sonata, which we won't be talking about. But it's like this entire game is the dream of Chopin as he's dying mm-hmm. of... Uh, was it consumption? I forget what killed Chopin. I don't know exactly. Um, I think it's bad water. Yeah, probably. I, I, I could have sworn that was a Castlevania game when you said it. Deserve more. Deserve more love on a video game podcast, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just want to point to say here about Rogue One. That would have been the best Star Wars video game had yeah. it actually happened. Yeah. Well, I wish you can, it would. You can talk to its writer, Gary Witta, former PC Gamer editor. Uh, Love Gary Witta, man. Be, Love that just man. send him an email saying, like, hey, I once worked at the same publication you did. Uh, why didn't you make this into a video game instead? Can you bad, go back in time I, and I don't know that he's notorious that for not responding to me because mm-hmm. no one else knows that he doesn't do that. Yeah. But uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I like Gary, and I've done a couple podcasts with him. But, oh, nice. uh, yeah, don't have the pull to get him to respond to me immediately. <sighs> Pity. All right, we will dive into top five doomed causes, doomed to fail. What do you want to call this? Abandon all hope. Ye who uh, enter here. Yeah, g- games you know you're going to lose right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Like, I just saw the TV movie of It for the first time, like, a few years ago. Never seen it a before. TV movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you oh. obviously didn't rent it when it was on VH, like, two giant VHSs, because it was, it's really long. It was aired over two nights in, like, 1990, and that's why it's, like, it, it's, at some, at times it's, like, a really straight horror movie, then other times it, like, really pulls its punches, because it's airing on, like, ABC or some shit. And yeah, I, no, I, yeah, that's where I would always watch it. It would just play on cable TV. Yeah, and, and, and I saw that, and I was, and, and I was like, I really like this, except for the adult parts. Why is that there? <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. So when I found out they were splitting the movie in two to the adult parts, I'm like, that's a terrible idea because like this is, this is the dumbest part about the entire story outside of yeah, the, the kid orgy in the book. Yeah. So watching chapter two, I mean, I like Bill Hader, yeah. <laughs> but the pacing sometimes felt off, and it wasn't really scary. Oh, and le- and let me say this. I walked out of that movie and still think I enjoyed the fuck out of it. I had a great time. Oh yeah, I, I grabbed no, I mean, it, my like... friend's arm, his, his son's arm. We had a great fucking time. But when I, but I also, on further reflection, I'm like, was that terrible? And was that a horror movie? <laughs> it was and... not good. It was fun. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime. And we're back to talk about what? Games we know we're going to lose. Sure. So yes, Fortnite for you. me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or every Call of Duty multiplayer match? Basically any multiplayer yeah. game. I was about to Online say Smash. XCOM. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's the charm of XCOM is there's that tiny sliver you're going to make it out alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, minute, you know, you're going to die any second. Is this five games yet? Can we stop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously we always begin our show traditionally with a top five, and we will begin right now with... Number five. The Emperor's spies watch my every move. We must provide them with a distraction. What sort of distraction and assassination? No single act will gain the Emperor's notice. You must assemble an army to oppose him. An army? Yes, an alliance of rebels and dissidents. When these rebels have distracted the Emperor and his spies, we will strike. Where should I start? All right, we obviously can't Uh, talk about Jedi Fallen Order and Star Wars and this topic... And not dive into this game. What sort of distraction? We will not use James Earl Jones for my voice, and it will be super <laughs> yeah, distracting who, the entire cutscene. Who's the we'll, Field of Dreams guy? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll use Chad Vader. Yeah, you Chad know, Vader, for, exactly. <laughs> Internet's Chad Vader. Um, yeah, this is the game I referenced earlier. Yes, this is, yes. Uh, I, I immediately tried to scare you away from it. <laughs> the Force Unleashed? Yes, the Force Unleashed. Yes, the... The game that even Chris is sick of talking about on this show. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I've never been more excited to talk about it because after playing Fallen Order, like a, it, it makes Force Unleashed look so fucking stupid. <laughs> it kind of does. Well, well like, I mean, shitty. Jedi Fallen Order is like immediate reaction is like, oh, this is Disney's Force Unleashed, yeah. basically. Yeah. Like you don't you don't start out pretending to be a bad guy. Well, that was the premise originally. You're going to be Vader's assassin. You're going to go hunt Jedi. This is going to be badass. Yeah, and and then yeah. Of, of course there's the inevitable face turn halfway through. But right, but they didn't. Oh, they, was, you never knew that in the marketing. It was always like you're going to play as a bad guy, and so I mm-hmm. kind of went in thinking, mm-hmm. well, either I die. In during or after this game, sometime, or it's just assumed this guy's alive, but he's off doing other Vadery shit, and he doesn't really play into the events of, of episode <laughs> four, five, and six. Right now, I thought, I thought it was really because I think even like the the demo that came out wasn't even a demo of playing as Star Killer; it was playing as Vader, like, right. like killing, killing Wookies. Wookies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It was it was a very interesting game, but it's a very 2008 early PS3 or yeah. I guess middle yeah. of the last side of the PS3. If this game really could have frosted play, tips, playing, it would. <laughs> yeah, well, playing playing Fallen Order, I just couldn't I couldn't help but think of like Force Unleashed is like the series of shoebox diorama Star Wars dioramas hmm. that you get to walk into and like oh this sucks. Yeah. Whereas like Fallen Order is like a oh wow this is a what a good third person. Oh, see, games should look like. I didn't think Force Unleashed sucked. I, I, I liked it for what it was at the time, and it was, you're right, it was a series of, uh, you know, shoebox stuff and, and, and kind of just big moments. And, and you know, the, what, was it the trailer for one or two where he, like, literally pulls a Death Star out of the sky? And, well, it's, it, it was one, it was and one. It's, it's a Star Destroyer. Star Destroyer, sorry. Yeah, yeah, Star, yeah not yes. Death Star. Yeah, and Star that, that is a cutscene, which I think might be like a button mashy interactive thing. Oh, yeah. Remember those kids? Oh, yeah. Resident Evil uh, 4 popularized them, and then they all just started yeah, to But it, it was fun. It was a fun ride, but it wasn't anything with a ton of stain. No, I, I, I love... Just because we worked at Games Radar, mm-hmm. Michael and I did, we 
we had an award for the best game, uh, the game of the best, the worst game with the best story. Yes. And we gave that to, I think, Star Wars, A Force Unleashed 1 with Ghostbusters as a runner-up. Because hmm. it, it was still awesome to play if you yeah. like Star Wars. Well, also, like, I played it on PS2. I had to review it. Mm-hmm. And oh, my God. I loved the <laughs> PS2 version. Really? I, I did, because it was a genuine, like, this is a video game that we're making for hardware that we know very well. Whereas the PS3 360 version was, look at this amazing new hardware. We're going to do a bunch of tech demo levels that don't really work from a fun gameplay perspective. Mm. But, uh, like, here, you move around a bunch of trash with your mind in a giant junkyard. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that same junkyard I got, like, clipped into the level, like, three times <sighs> before I turned yeah. it off and said, yeah, I'm not doing this. Well, so that was two. Two was the buggy one. One was okay. Like, they had a... Remember, one had a really no, a no, prolonged no, no. Michael's talk, cycle, Michael's right? talking about reviewing... You, if you've never heard this conversation before, the PS2 version is a totally different game. It is. It's the and same Michael as the Wii likes version. it more. Yeah. I wonder if the PS2 version, because this is one that... I feel like they'd announced several years before it ultimately released, and so that could have been the original game because it would have been for that older hardware. And then it was like, oh, we're, we're porting these over to the new consoles. Ah, oh, we got to start from scratch in some places. Mm, maybe, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. It was just I just remember it being very weird when this came out because it was also at the time canon, and it was a big fucking deal. Like, yeah. The Starkiller guy is canon. He's yeah. actually in the universe. George Lucas himself signed off on this. Which his name yeah. was wasn't his name based on the original Luke Skywalker's character's name yep. in, yes. in, in the early Starkiller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. but for me this was this was a fun power fantasy. Like the, this, when I think of like when people talk about power fantasies in video games, this immediately springs to mind because it did. It it was the Force Unleashed. It gave you a ton of Force powers and let you go play with them. And it was like. It wasn't hard. It was easy. It was it was a cakewalk game, you know, to get through. But I I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, no, no, I, I don't mean to talk shit about this game because I I wouldn't mind playing it again right now. Mm-hmm. It's just, but what I don't think about when I think about unleashing the force is uh uh pausing to change my Jedi crystal and then having to wait ninety <laughs> seconds for the, the the menu screen to load. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> that's not but, great. but like the, the the fascinating thing about this, or the at least the uh, milestone pinpoint, is. Th- Again, I think this is fascinating that like George Lucas was very specific that like we don't develop Star Wars games, other people make those. And it's like they Lucasfilm or sorry, LucasArts never made Star Wars games ever. Mm, for a long ever. time, yeah. And, and and essentially this is one of the games that killed the company because it took them like 8 years whereas right. they would they would release Full Throttle and like Day of the Tentacle and a bunch of other weird shit that they ended up defining themselves on with scum engines and all this stuff and uh they let other people handle that because like if you think about it like you you play a Star Wars game like ah be clipped to the level we deny that you don't get to publish that under the Star Wars name whereas like now LucasArts had to like meet those expectations and couldn't it was really hard Right, and then like the, I mean, they tried to market this character, right? Like, because like Star Star Killer was also in Soul Calibur Five, Four, I believe, or was it Four? Yeah, yeah he was it, like Darth Vader was the PS4 or no, sorry, PS3 character. Uh, Yoda was the 360 exclusive character, and then Star Killer was in both versions. And they right. they kind of kept him. They didn't widely advertise him, but he was in there. Uh, right. I think as just the apprentice, maybe I forget, but. I think that's what his his title is. Yeah, like, but yeah, but it just I don't know. Like I've never seen like a, just a star that, uh, like a phrase, a star that burned out so fast. Like mm. it was just I don't know. It was it was a very interesting game, but it was also a very early 
PlayStation game and that sequel. The less said about uh, that, the yeah. better. I, well, that I, one, I don't even yeah. consider the sequel canon to the in, it, within Force Unleashed. Well, that was a response to the sales of the initial one. That that one was, you know, if the if the initial dev cycle was really prolonged, it was a quick dev cycle. It, mm. You know, yeah, um, do you guys remember the endings to this? Because there is a yeah. Well, I want I want to work toward those okay, okay, a little okay. bit. So what what impressed me about this is that Star Killer is not a bad guy. He does not come off like a Sith Lord at the beginning. He's just like sort of an adventurous, almost happy-go-lucky teen who, it's just, he's been raised by Darth Vader. It's sort of like being in the Hitler youth. It's like, he's just never known anything else but this. So he's been raised all his life by Darth Vader as the secret apprentice, and his entire job is go out, track down these traitorous Jedi, and kill them. Assassinate them one after the other. You are the secret apprentice. Yeah, you're the secret apprentice. (laughs) Vader keeps you a secret from the Emperor because you're so powerful. I don't know how he does that when everyone's Force-sensitive, but okay. Uh, and so one of the, the first guys you attempt to kill, you don't actually kill him. You just like blind him and knock him off of a cliff. And then you meet up with him again later and uh, he starts to kind of work on you and turn you a bit. And the process of watching this from someone who was playing this expecting like a cool dark side story, it's like watching a hero be corrupted in reverse. Like mm. watching like this this likable but completely dark side character like slowly turn around and like what what begins as subterfuge becomes like a genuine conviction and so as we heard in that first clip that's that's the twist is you're not just killing jedi but darth vader wants you to go out and build up a rebel alliance to uh distract the emperor so that he can kill the emperor uh and so you you get together with a bunch of famous Star Wars people, you meet with uh, Leia Organa, and you get introduced to her dad, Bale, who I think might actually be played by Jimmy Smits. My wealth will fund the rebellion while Garm provides our fleet and Mon Mothma our soldiers. And with you leading us, we have the power of the Force on our side. Therefore, let this be an official declaration of rebellion. Today, we all vow to change the galaxy. And one day, the galaxy will indeed be free. So yeah, you you he, found the Rebel he, Alliance. He had about ten times as many lines there as he did in any of the prequels <laughs> combined. <laughs> but yes, not only you, but Darth... It's like establishing... Darth Vader actually established the Rebel Alliance, ostensibly as a way to distract the Emperor. But it turns out it's much more than that. And this is where we're going to get a little bit spoilery if you care about that. He pulls a double-double cross. He wasn't manipulating you to manipulate the Emperor. He was working with the Emperor to manipulate you to draw out all of his enemies. And, and uh, yeah. And if you want to hear more about double swerves, uh, check out Cheap Popcast, the Laser Time Network's unprofessional mm-hmm. podcast about professional <laughs> wrestling. But listen to this. You agreed to stay away! I lied, as I have from the very beginning. You never plan to destroy the Emperor. Not with you, no. <laughs> oh, you're not my favorite, son. <laughs> no, you suck. Dude. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I'm trying to, to not shit on Force Unleashed because, like, playing it at the time was thrilling. Mm-hmm. 
and and like you guys said, it's the story is actually a really good video game story. It's like yeah. they 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 give some like it's, it's one of the saying, better video game stories ever made. Yeah, yeah. Like Michael was saying, the game, it's the game is the game is bleh. It's Star yeah. Wars Episode One through Three in reverse. It's instead of a character going bad over time, it's a character's redemption arc over yeah. time, and it's like that's brilliant. I love that. And then the no, whole, Battle, I think Battlefront Two, the EA one, would kind of take that. Yeah, hard sure. and like that's the, that's sort of the story in like the, the the story Battlefront Two. If you if you're angry at EA Star Wars games, like and I am too, uh, the the campaign is really good uh, for for Battlefront Two, and it's a lot like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, with, but without as many canonical twists and turns that really they made twists and turns that really mattered in Force Unleashed, whereas Battlefront Two isn't allowed to do that. It's funny they they really mattered, but ultimately they didn't matter. And I think that yeah. that might have been one of the problems. Ba- Battlefront Two was also like let's chart the the evolution of the clone troopers into stormtroopers, and we'll even have you play through Order sixty six where you have to kill someone on Felucia. Do it, yes. Uh, <laughs> do it. Execute Order sixty six. <laughs> Snape kills Dumbledore on page 666. 606, that was it. Oh, God. The the first time I was internet spoiled was that spoiled. (laughs) Oh, man. But if you've somehow managed to avoid that up until now, I'm sorry. We warned you. We did get spoilers. I don't think, there were spoilers. Yeah. I don't think anyone has ignored that spoiler. And and of course there there are the the legendary endings, Matt, which you wanted to talk about. Which, uh... Yeah, well, the, yeah, the, the, there's. It's weird because like there's one that's definitely can I guess could be canon, uh, which is the yeah. The canon is if you well if you if you choose light side, mm-hmm. you try to is, kill the emperor. Yeah, you you have a choice at the end. Yeah, you you've been fighting Vader. And you've got him on the ropes, like right. half of his armor has been torn off, yeah. and uh, you 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 know you could fucking take this guy down. You could take down the biggest badass that was ever in Star Wars. Yep. But if you do so, uh, the Emperor is going to kill your friends who are trapped on a ship. So you have the option: do you go after Vader, or do you free your friends so they can escape? If you do the the latter, if you do the right thing and free your friends and they escape, then uh, I think a huge chunk of rubble falls and kills you. And well, you get killed, and then Vader and the Emperor word you're going to become a martyr that ultimately sparks that rebellion. Mm-hmm. And but if you choose the dark side, you try to kill the Emperor, and he just fucking squashes you like a gnat. Right? It's, it's yeah. Like, well, you, I think you managed to kill Vader, and then yeah, the Emperor. Yeah, that's right. That's why. Yeah, the dark side one can't be canon because you. you kill Vader. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? And then you become the new Vader, basically. Yeah, like you yeah. become a ninety nine percent cyborg, and you you like that. That was really cool, though, that they actually did the DLC where like the DLC was so cool, though, because you got to yeah. hunt down. Leia and Luke and right. oh, yeah, that, that's so the great. one that Lucas officially went on record as saying is not canon. Yeah. Uh, th- <laughs> yeah. Thanks for clarifying, of, George. Of course, it's not canon. <laughs> you kill Obi Wan on Tatooine. You cut Luke's hand off at Hoth and make him your uh, apprentice, and then you go to Endor and you kill Leia. <laughs> By the way, George, none of this is canon anymore, and you only yeah. got a couple billion dollars. Only a couple billion. I uh-huh. hate to say that, but. Uh... He got he got less than uh, Candy Crush got yes, from Activision. King, it's fucking King, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I think didn't he uh, 
use it to in partly to buy up a bunch of land to earmark Hell for yeah. affordable housing in order to piss off his nimby he Marin neighbors. I never yes. get tired of saying this. That yeah. History should smile upon George Lucas, yes. no matter Absolutely. what you think of his well, Star Wars movies. What it is movies. is he was trying to build uh, something that he wanted to build, That's and they right. wouldn't let him. They mm-hmm. shut him down, and so out of spite, he said, okay, then fuck you guys. I'm going to build low-income housing. <laughs> I'm going to donate a bunch of money to low-income housing where you won't let me build my studio, and I'm going to build a bunch of methadone clinics around all your fucking skyscraper gated <laughs> community. And if I sound yeah. like Kermit the Frog, you're right. And you're just noticing? <laughs> yeah, right. That's because I am. Uh, I am, yeah. That's right. what happens when you have no chin. You sound like this. <laughs> poor George. He's, oh, yeah, poor, yeah, poor billionaire. Yeah, oh, poor billionaire. Man. Oh, don't you know it's the new hotness to pity billionaires? Damn. They're an oppressed class. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, I love George Lucas. Yes, uh, um, yeah. uh, but anyway, unless anyone has anything else to say about Force Unleashed, we no, should I, I think it's it's totally worth playing, and yep. it's um, I, I I've always wanted to fight. I bought the uh, uh, PC version, mm-hmm. hoping that it would be the updated, definitive, non buggy version of the game. And in fact, I, I like. If I could give a shout out to the Jedi Fallen Order, they have a, they have an, a mode to where like, do you not really want to learn how to play this game and just feel the story? Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yeah. Does that feel like Force uh, Unleashed a bit? Uh, it feels like it because I what I took away from Force Unleashed is that I loved everything that happened and all. I I hate video game stories all the time. You know me, uh, video game apocalypse listeners. Mm-hmm. I hate video game stories. They're the worst stories that have ever existed. This story is great. It's unbelievably good. Yep. Um, and and it, it, but the gameplay doesn't doesn't always rise no. to the occasion. I, I feel like this and is it, a good game if you if you are playing Jedi Fallen Order and want to play like kind of an alternate version of that game where all the Force powers are turned all the way up and it's mm-hmm. like easy mode. Yeah, Force Unleashed wouldn't be a bad choice. Yeah. Although Chris, do you remember why it didn't initially come to PC? No, actually, because as they announced when someone asked. Uh, no, we're only coming to new consoles because PCs are not powerful enough to do what we want to do with this game. And like if Twitter had existed, it just would have filled up with <laughs> yeah. PC gamers just like shitting themselves into a <laughs> Just like one high pitched Chewbacca roar coming from millions. <laughs> We could have oh stopped God. all of this. We could have it killed would have them like all. Four that scenes of <laughs> <laughs> Twitter existed. That would have just made their heads explode. Yeah. And then, of course, it came to PC like a year or two later. Like, <laughs> did you hear that? It was as if a million ultimate boys. I, I remember hearing box. about it because I did an interview with it because I thought I was a journalologist, and then I was like walking into the Comic Con show floor, and like they just announced the PC version. They said it would never exist. <laughs> like fucking assholes i'm all over the internet like i think i've cited on wikipedia saying like this will never happen <laughs> fucking jerks never say never let's move on number four she called us neighbors were attacked Egypt. last night he heard screams gunfire stopped around sunrise says something in the fields killed his son something commander be advised i'm reading heat signatures in that structure directly east of your position over copy that get them back inside Hmm, is this ringing any bells for anyone? What if I tell you that you're playing as somebody named Noble Six? Part of Noble Squad. A squad of Spartans! Oh, is this? Oh, Reach! This is Halo Reach! Yes! Oh, man! Oh... I, 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 oh, they I, they just announced you can get this very soon. It's, yeah, it's, it's remastered coming. version yeah. coming. Yeah. Here's the, 
I've never soon. played Halo Reach. Before it's very in my good. Life. It's if, in terms of recent Halos. Let's say past three. It's it's the one to play. Like it's really good. I don't know, man. Games Radar said it gave it an eight out of ten. And uh, I remember ooh. that very. I remember that very uh, very vividly. Well, I hope someone was fired for that blunder. <laughs> we all still bear the scars of that. He hasn't worked in a while. No. <laughs> no, I I've. I've always wanted to try my hand at Halo Reach, but yeah, I've never, I've just never, it never tickled my fancy, but I've heard this is, has actually a really great story. It's like, this and ODT had a really good story. ODST. ODST. Because it's about T that's odious. ODST, though, took it in a different direction gameplay-wise, because you weren't the all-powerful Spartan, like, your shields wouldn't recharge, whereas Reach... Wasn't Reach after ODST? Remind me, I believe it yes. was. Yes. Whereas Reach was like, nah, you're still a Spartan because they, you know, people didn't respond well to some of the ODST stuff. So it's like, nah, you're you're not Master Chief. Yeah. But you're still a Spartan. But, but uh, Reach to anyone who played the first Halo, like, or or knows anything about the lore, you know that like. This is the site of like humanity's greatest defeat. The, the at fall the hands of, of Reach the is yeah. like the most famous thing in the, that universe. The first Halo picks up with the the, the pillar of autumn, the ship fleeing Reach and, it, yeah. and its destruction. Yep. Uh, so like th- this is the most important loss in Halo lore, and so like yes, we're gonna have you play as Spartans, and we know that all the Spartans were wiped out on Reach. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're fucked. You know you're fucked playing the game, so it's just like, well, let me find out how I got fucked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I want to get into the story of being uh, completely fucked, and uh, and that, that should dry. be the name of this episode. Find out how you got fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I, I really like the the opening minutes of this, I guess, because they're not expecting like your your squad goes out to find out why a relay station has stopped working, and you're assuming it was you know disabled by rebels it's like all right we're gonna have to probably go kill a bunch of rebels whatever and it's all just empty at first they, you you find like these abandoned farmhouses with blood stains everywhere you like walk up this ridge and a couple of friggin emus like run by you clearly terrified away from wherever it is you're going and it opens like a horror movie it, it feels like a horror game where it's like this this unknown thing is here and in that first clip I played, the guy's like some something in the we- out in the fields killed his son. Like we don't know what it is, and then like oh it's the Covenant. Okay, all right, yeah, back to fighting the Covenant. But it's it's kind of like you know me not knowing as much about Halo. I was kind of hoping like oh man, is this going to be first contact? And like no no no, everybody's just like Covenant's not supposed to be on Reach. What the hell? How'd they get here? All right, well let's kill them. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A bunch of grunts, who cares? Shoot them. Take their weapons, which we all know how to was use. This, like, this is the first time I remember Halo having to respond to someone else else's multiplayer uh, uh, milestone. Whereas, is this where the fire teams come in? Oh, in the multiplayer for this one? Yeah. I think it might be. Are, yeah. yeah where, are like, you, the, like, kind of taking it from uh, Gears, Gears of War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at this at this point for like almost ten, a decade, Halo didn't respond to anybody else's innovation in multiplayer. They created their own. Yeah, they didn't have to. And, and, and like any this didn't this have Forge in it too? Like it was like it was almost a full fledged Halo release, but it was a side story. You're asking me about multiplayer for a game. What are you doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? Sorry, sorry, but it was it was it was it was it was like so okay. And but I, I don't know. We're, if you listen to us, our podcast back then, like. 
we were adults when Halo came out. We could never be in love with it as you were as a kid. And we, I, I still find some of the love for Reach baffling. And mm-hmm. all, I can, all I can default back is to that e- Eagle Raptor video <laughs> where uh, the two guys excited for Halo Reach beat the disc to death with their dicks and then snored it. <laughs> that, that sounds like I a, remember that, that. Like a, yeah. It sounds like an ego raptor video for sure. Yeah. I, I think for me, um, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead too much, but there's the the most memorable element of this game is again the ending because it's just so. So there's there's kind of two big memorable endings of this game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the first where you're basically trying to cover for your friends as they flee the planet, and so you're just controlling this gun ensuring that the autumn the pillar of autumn's escape and you're, yeah. you're trying to to fight waves and waves of these forces and then the post-credit scene or i think it's like the during post-credits it's an unwinnable battle where you're just fighting waves and waves of co- covenant you're kind of on this like tower-like structure and you can't win you will you have to die there's there's no win condition there but it's just very very memorable because it's like you're just giving it your all but you know there's no reason and it's pointless and it's like They've literally, well, not literally, they've, they have figuratively, figuratively put you in that character's shoes. Like, there's no win condition here. What are you fighting for other than to fight as long as you possibly can? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super, like, I, in terms of game endings, it's so weird how many game endings I've forgotten over the years. Mm-hmm. But that one sticks with mm-hmm. me. So remember when I said uh, Pyrrhic victory where you set up something important for the real hero? Yeah. What is this stuff? Knowledge. A birthright from an ancient civilization. This AI is its custodian, and she has chosen you as her couriers. You are to take her to the UNSC shipbreaking yard in Azad. There, you'll find a Halcyon-class cruiser waiting to get her off-planet. I understand. Do you? Hmm, I wonder who that AI could be and Mm. where she might be going. Kotana. Yeah, or, you know, to play another clip. Martins, over here! This is Captain Keyes of the Pillar of Autumn. We are tracking you, Noble, and we've begun our launch sequence. Proceed to dry dock, platform D. I'll be on it myself to receive the package. We'll be there, sir. Better be, soldier, because my countdown is no abort. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, yeah this is not the first uh, Halo to have you play in a squad. Yeah. Um, and but it was the first to have you play in a squad of Spartans, like right? ODST, you played in a squad, right? Yeah, ODST, and also Halo 3. Oh, okay, Halo, yeah. but it's in Halo 3, it's like the Arbiter and then like two other elites, like yeah. Covenant elites. Well, but also, I mean, if you're playing since, four players, isn't since one you could always just pick up kind of like fodder squad mates that would help, they'd sit on your tank and die right away. Oh, and, yeah, and absolutely. And, and in fact, like I remember reading a strategy for the first Halo and saying, like, if you're playing on Legendary, uh, kill your Marine friends because they'll they'll drop a health pack when they die. Oh, there you and go. And that will keep you alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, it's a good point. This game, to me, if you think of, like, the plot and everything, this is the most like Rogue One. Uh, even more so mm, than the Star yeah. Wars entry on the list because literally it's like you're trying to transport transport information that will eventually affect the events of the Halo trilogy Mm-hmm. That takes place technically after this this prequel happens. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Halo Reach, man, good game. I wish there had been a Rogue One game. Damn, would have been great for an. I told you. Mm-hmm. But also, I think this might have been the first. Well, again, I didn't really play ODST, but was this the first one where your squad mates had different abilities? Like, you have a sniper, you have a uh, 
a, a big heavy dude. You have a, a shotgunner or whatever. I don't remember that much about ODST's squad to know. Yeah. All right. But, uh, yeah. but yes, you do have to watch them wink out one by one. It's very yeah. sad. It's a bummer. I uh, never thought I'd weep for Did you guys ever giant read robot men. Did you ever read the book? Because no. this was... This game... Hell no! I mean, that's my <laughs> least favorite part about video games. But the game is based on the book. The, the novel had come out right, years yeah. earlier. But I do remember some... I think it was in reaction to the our Reach talk, like, back in the day. Somebody was like, if you guys would ever crack a book... And I'm like, okay, first off, you do not get to take that tone when you're talking about video game novelizations. <laughs> all right? right? If I cracked a book, it would not be based on Halo. It's technically yeah. a book. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Hoss, let's sit down and talk about books we've cracked. And, like, if, if all of yours have Marcus Phoenix and Master Chief in them, I might still win look i look i apologized about that years ago like i just apologized for for land before time this is it was you i said sorry for it we thought we'd moved on (laughs) wait was it you no no god no (laughs) i don't know tl doesn't read what's wrong with you yeah no i i I literally know nothing about these lores or like it's I am very happy that people are happy about Halo, and this is a very great, good Halo game, according to people. Yep. Never played it. Well, you might get your chance soon when it comes out and is available on Xbox Game Pass. That's right. The service that doesn't pay us, but we'll talk it up anyway. So good. Uh, anyway. That's only just coming out? Okay. Speaking of lore that uh, maybe some people don't get. Number three. Soldier second class sack on the job. <laughs> music a soldier named zach what could this be Ooh, i actually do know this answer all right go for it this would be final fantasy oh shit i almost said advent <laughs> children it's not advent no children. no you're already wrong um it is final fantasy god what is the psp final okay. fantasy 7 game it is called crisis core final crisis. fantasy 7 oh shit well <laughs> look at me being a fake Zach Fair fan. <laughs> you were close. But yes, this was like the, the standalone prequel to Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. came out on PSP. Uh, is impossible to play now unless you can find a physical version because it was never digitally released. I would call this one of the most lost games ever because mm-hmm. it's it should be... It's the sequel to fucking Final Fantasy VII, yeah. and you can't play it anywhere. Well, not a sequel. It is prequel. a a definite pre- prequel to Final Fantasy Oh, my Fantasy bad, VII. my bad. Yeah. But but like but again, like it's the first follow up, even though it's a prequel, to one of the most popular games of all time, and you can't access it at all anywhere. Well, I and that's why I think the uh, the remake that's coming out is very interesting because this it this completely retells the whole story of Zack Fair and him and Cloud's like relationship together and i i'm very interested in seeing that in a better lens so I, this I, crisis core is a actually a really good game for people who have not played it it's a really good game and i think it's probably the best story in the final fantasy 7 universe like it wow. actually does it really well better even than dirge of cerberus we don't talk about that. <laughs> Nobody played that game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- this is like the the doomed angle comes from like if you've played Final Fantasy VII, and we will get a bit spoilery. There's this guy named Zach who comes up only in flashbacks, and he's basically Cloud's best friend. He's uh, Tifa's friend. I, th- I think he he was Aerith's original boyfriend, and uh, basically he he was a really really cool dude who died. 
He was killed unceremoniously. And Cloud, you find out again, this is a big spoiler, is not really Cloud. He is he has basically just patterned his entire personality on Zack to the point where he's right. internalized Zack's memories and thinks that things that happened to Zack happened to him. To the point where he's a Lego maniac. He is a Lego maniac. <laughs> well, he's a fraud. That's the, yes, he's a fraud. The great thing about, the great thing about Final Fantasy VII is that whole first disc, you're playing as a fraud the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, I remember all these things, the Nibelheim instruments. Like, you don't remember that shit. You were there, but you don't remember that. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really... It's... Again, this game is a really good game because it actually gave Zack more of a character. Like, in the mm-hmm. in the other... In Final Fantasy VII, Zack is just, you know, like I said, he's just a dude uh-huh. who who gets, who gets like, murdered very unceremonious. Like, it's just... It's almost like the um, the Godfather murder, like, when the guy's at the toll booth, he just gets shot to death. Like uh, that would exactly be Sonny Sonny yeah, Corleone that gets killed in the toll booth. Yeah. But, but, yeah, he, he yeah. kind of establishes the Final Fantasy hero mold as he's like standing around talking on a cell phone to his boss. Why are we fighting Shinra troops? They're Wutai troops in disguise. Now head to the open area above. Towards Sector 8? Yes. But first you have to clear a path. Clear a path? You'll see what I mean. Be careful. So I can cut loose, right? Use some discretion. But I, I love that shot because uh, you can't see it, obviously, but the a bunch of soldiers run in and start opening fire at him. And he just keeps standing there nonchalantly with the phone to his ear. And like, so do I have to what, what, what do we do with these guys? Can I just cut loose? <laughs> and yes, everyone like, uses flip phones. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Did this come out before like or said, after the mobile game? This was this was uh, this for us two thousand eight, by the way. So this was so I I believe this was like around the same because Dirge Cerberus, the mobile game, and this game and Advent Children were all around the same time. Yeah, there was too much Final like, Fantasy seven. The, the mobile game was before Crisis, and this right. was Crisis Core. Yeah, Crisis Core, right? Yeah. and then Dirge Cerberus, and then uh, Advent Children. But right. no, I mean. Everything that people liked about Zack at the beginning, I mean, about uh, Cloud at the beginning game, is Zack. Like, my biggest problem with Cloud, like, since, is that Cloud Strife is boring as shit because he's not Zack. Like, Zack is actually a really cool character. Mm-hmm. And Crisis Core, like I said, it was it gave you a chance to kind of dig more into Zack as well as dig into more into Sephiroth and... Like the whole the whole Genova project, like it's a really really good game. Yeah, I like that your first introduction to Sephiroth is him like attacking Zack, but basically just for fun. And Zack like blocks his sword and is like, "You you're not the only hero. Come on, <laughs> you can't but take all the glory." And that's the thing. It's it it's it shows you something that like it's hidden in seven. Like obviously seven, they talk about like how Sephiroth is this great hero, mm-hmm. but you never get a chance to see it. And Crisis Core gave you a chance to see Sephiroth be the hero. Yeah. Like it's he's uh, almost it's, it's your friend, really which which he, makes he his, is your friend. And yeah, I'm oh, sorry, guy. He makes it makes his heel turn a little bit uh, more surprising, even though you know it's coming. Why did right. you kill the townspeople? Why did you hurt Tifa? Answer me, Sephiroth! (laughs) Mother. 
they're here again. <laughs> Has anyone in real life ever made that anime surprise sound? <clears throat> Never mind that. Has anyone ever gone? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mother. <laughs> it was all Norman Bates on us. <laughs> Michael. <clears throat> oh, oh. And Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, enough. I'm sorry. That's just anime noise. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is, but, yeah this is all but this, making me angry. Yeah. We're, well, if you guys want to make an anime soundboard, there you mm-hmm. go. This was, uh, yeah, Tyler Wilde used to do that really well <laughs> on this same show. But uh, the the gameplay was like such a departure from Final Fantasy VII that, that like, I, I never really played this back in the day, and I think that might be why. Just like, I didn't really want a Final Fantasy action RPG with a constant, like, spinning slot machine mechanic. Like, yeah, it's 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 kind of reminiscent of people. If you everyone ever played um, Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, where <laughs> they were just like, oh, we're, gonna yeah. do, we're gonna do this action RPG and then change the system, but it, but the slot, so the slot mechanic is not great. I'll give you that, Michael. But it tied into the game so well. Like, again, spoilers for the ending, but like when you have Zach's like last moments. He's like cycling through the memories of everyone that he knows, and he's slowly losing those memories. So it's like it's this very bittersweet ending, and that's where the slot machine mechanic was coming through, like because you have like each different character, but like as he was getting killed, you see like less like less of those characters show up in the slot machine. So it yeah. actually mm-hmm. played into the story really well. So they they just they're added to the slot machine as he meets them in the game, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, they as you meet them in the game, they're added to the slot machine. It kind of yeah. helps you out and then like I said as you as you die, you lose those people. It's a really good game. I did really love I really do enjoy it. the the Yuffie Kisaragi cameo when uh, I think you're storming into this temple in Wutai and she's like, hey, stop, bad guy, if you go any further. And she's like, 12. And uh, right. <laughs> now if you go any further, I'll, I'll punish you. And she just, like, runs up and starts, like, punching in the air in front of you. And you're like, what do I do? And then Zach just finally goes like, oh, no, you got me. And she's like, yeah, let that be a lesson. And then she, like, just Naruto runs off in a different direction. <laughs> I'm going to storm yeah. Area 51. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get uh, like I said, it's really great. Zach Fair is a really great character. Mm-hmm. I really hope that they kind of do something with this in the remake stuff that they're coming out with. Yeah, and of course he. I bet they don't. <laughs> yeah. I, they probably won't. Yeah. We'll see. But you can uh, make another game for it that you would have to buy. Yeah, he'll he'll always have the uh, waking up in the church with the flowers and meeting Aerith, just like Cloud does. Thank you so much, Aerith. I'm Zach. I have to repay you somehow. Don't worry about it. No, no. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, how about one date? What is that? Don't be silly. Yeah, don't be silly, Zach. I'm going to cry if you keep playing Aerith's (laughs) theme in the background. (laughs) Can we not do that, please? And and if if you people who are listening, he said Aerith, not Aerith. No, he made a point. Did you guys hear that? He kind of paused and made a point to be like, hi, Aerith. Like like the the actor leaned into the microphone, Aerith. (laughs) Meryl. (laughs) Let me take you out into the city for a thumb through with me. (laughs) That's the backstory. And, and did sound, <laughs> Her real name's Aaron. I didn't realize how much it sounded like the Arrested Development sad music on the acoustic guitar. 
<laughs> as performed by Mike Tyson. Hey, Aerith, it's good to see you. <laughs> or Sylvester the Cat. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, all right. Suffering well, suckatash. On that note. Number two. This is the last job that we are ever going to pull. Before the year is out, we are going to be harvesting mangoes in Tahiti. Farmers. But we need seed capital, and we need to leave. You know it. I know it. Forgive me if I can't think too much about the mango harvest. This is it. Trust me. Tropico 5. Talking Mm. about mango Uh harvest. Yeah. I I think that's... Before I heard Dutch, I heard frogs and crickets... (laughs) And I'm like, this is. I knew exactly what game this was yeah. from. Yeah, sound design on that game is so it, good. And I don't want to spoil too much about this one since it did just come out for PC, and it's possible you somehow avoided spoilers for a year and are now making your way through it. And I don't want to take anything away from that. But the whole business with Dutch talking about let's constantly. say the name of the game. We haven't said the name. Oh of the yes, game. Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> Sorry, yes, this is Red Dead Redemption so Two. If you don't want to be spoiled on Red Dead Redemption Two. Skip ten ten minutes ahead. I don't know, yeah, whatever. I mean we'll 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 spoil a little bit of it. But okay. again, this is about games that were spoiled from the second you started playing them. Yeah, because in this in this case, you're running with a gang run by Dutch Vanderlind. It's it's Dutch's gang, the Vanderlind gang, and those are the people that you hunt down in Red Dead Redemption One. Yep, some uh, of them. Some of them are I, so. Yeah, that's whatever happens to certain characters in the game. We'll leave that up in the air, but. They, you know for a fact that Dutch's mad dreams about, like, we're going to take all these people and we're going to move to Tahiti if we just get one last big score will never, ever come true. It will be a series of misadventures. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those deals where we know there's no Tahiti. Like, like it's... it's There's Tahiti. It's a real place. No, not... <laughs> but, you know, but it's... um. I think the thing, though, so this game, yes, technically qualifies, but to me, it's like there are certain characters in your gang that aren't in Red Dead Redemption 1, Mm -hmm. and so you don't really know what Mm -hmm. happens to them, you know, and it's not, I don't don't think it's mentioned, they're not even, to the point where they're not mentioned in Red Dead Redemption 1. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, some some of them go on to live uh, productive, uh, crime-free lives, but when you first meet the gang in Red Dead Redemption 2, they're fleeing from a robbery that went horribly wrong, but they got a lot of money, but they had to stash it in in this town. And so, like, eventually the goal is to make it back to the money, and if we just get the money, then we can go somewhere better, and eventually, somehow, the goal becomes Tahiti. Now, I found a friendly ship captain. He's willing to take us to Australia or Tahiti. We just need to pay for passage and give him money for land when we get there. No questions asked. We will disappear, be reborn. Where the hell is Tahiti? South Pacific, an untouched paradise. Who lives there? Tahitians, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) So, about, would you say it's midway through the game when you make that excursion in this game? Yeah, it's 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 in the first third of the game. Do you think it's first third excursion? It's early. Yeah, or, it's. I think it's hell early. You end up for real. going somewhere not All right, in the main. Spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, because, spoilers. because you can't you can't fuck around once you get once you get there. Like unlike the rest so, of the game. So the the beauty of that. Yeah, this is heavy spoilers. So again, skip forward. Let's say two minutes this time. Um, 
at one point in the game, you do you go to a Tahiti-like island. You end mm-hmm. up shipwrecked on a tropical island. Yeah, but it's a tropical hellhole that's, but that's being but I run think that's by the uh, point. slavers. That's basically. the point. Is it's yeah. like Tahiti's just this dream. Is like there's going to be strife and trouble wherever they go because it's not the setting. It's them. Yeah. Like they, it's they're, they're they bad people. They yeah. can't have any stability. Yes, and and like so. Yeah, you're literally on a paradise-like island. But it is the worst experience in the game. And it's like, yeah, this dream of Tahiti is not a real experience. Yeah. Things will not end well for this gang. And the longer that the game goes on, the more you hear exchanges that sound an awful lot like this one. We just got a lot of pots on the boil, given all the folks who's out gunning for us. You all seem to have forgotten how money is made and what it takes to support 20 people let alone what it takes to give 20 people a new life overseas. With all due respect, Dutch, is this Tahiti plan really going to work out? You tell me, Arthur. Is it? Have some goddamn faith. Have some faith! That's his catchphrase, eventually. (laughs) So one of of the things I... Because Rockstar hasn't come out and said they're going to do single-player DLC for the game, and I don't think they will because they have Mm -hmm. Red Dead Online, one of the things that I'm most disappointed by about this game is that I wish more time had been spent just with some of the members of the gang that you don't... Over the course of the game, it's like you really want to know what happens to them, and you kind of want their side stories to play out a bit more. And and yeah, because it's like you get invested with that gang really quickly. Like this, probably the first time you set up camp and you start just, you can walk up and chat with them or you can like sing songs around the campfire mm-hmm. and stuff like that's a big part of that game and building that bonding. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's to, to know the entire time that this doesn't end well for these people. Like they're going to break, they definitely, you know, you, the gang breaks up because mm-hmm. in the new, in the new game or in the, the Red Dead Redemption game. one, yeah. he has an all new gang. You know, mm-hmm. Dutch has founded an all new game. Well, he's so. he's. I think by the end of it, he's just kind of run off and is is hiding out with some natives. Right. Well, that's his game. Yeah, that's his, yeah. That's his new game. But it's um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's. But that's the one thing I wish that they would let you explore those relationships a bit more. You know, just like I don't know. To put it in video game terms, like maybe more companion quests, like side quests, where you can kind of fill out. I, I, I just pl- got finished playing Outer, Wa- uh, Outer Worlds, so maybe mm. I'm thinking that too much, where you just kind of have the companion quest where it's like, I have some resolution with this character now, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think one of the, the first review that I read of Red Dead Redemption 2, like, talked about Dutch as, like, he's like every shitty manager you've ever had. That, like, he he uses all these, these buzzwords about, like, oh, with, this can come true with the power of positive thinking and stuff like that. But really, he's asking too much of anyone or everyone around mm. him. Mm. And is, he's, he's just like... And you know it's all doomed yeah. because, like, we know what America became. <laughs> and uh, it, it didn't involve any of you yeah. or what you mm-hmm. wanted. So to me, he's like a very specific type of shitty manager that he's all... He's all charisma and all mm-hmm. talk and all bluster and very little substance in terms mm-hmm. of what he can actually do. But he he has a way of winning people over and convincing them like, no, things will turn out the way this guy says. And yeah, he's he's just terrible because it's like, you know, if you really got a chance to pick his brain and, and see how bad things really were, that whole gang would have taken off like the beginning of that game. Mm-hmm. But they don't. He convinces them. No, there's more. There's more. There's reason to stay together. And, and really, it's more kind of about his pride and his not being able to let go yeah and him driving the gang to destruction repeatedly yeah. Yeah. yeah until john marston has to hunt them down in red dead redemption one that's right yeah and everything turns out all right for john marston mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move along <laughs> 
What has happened to me? Not banished from death. Cast adrift between the worlds of light and dark. Curse binds us together within the walls of Arda. If what you say is true, then how do we break this curse? We find the one who cast it on us. The Black Hand of Sauron. Gave it away right there in the name. Shadow of Mordor, man. Yeah. Shadow of Mordors. Um, <laughs> this, this is one of the best games on this list, and it is also the most very obvious in that this is a an interquel between The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and you're playing as Talion the Ranger who gets bound to this guy in death. Greatest smith of the Second Age. I'd heard the stories, but I remember my name now. I shaped the history of Middle-earth. I crafted the winds of power. And together you're gonna team up to conquer Mordor and uh, destroy Sauron. <laughs> which we all know went off without a hitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think this is a character... I want to say he might be mentioned in the Silmarillion and or in the appendix of like Lord Celebrimbor is yes I, I think yeah, Talion was original for the game he was he, I'm mm-hmm. talking about Celebrimbor yeah. was either Silmarillion or or even just like the note the footnotes of the Lord of the Rings trilogy like yeah so Celebrimbor he was the smith who forged the ring of power and all the, the rings of power. the other yeah all the other rings that Sauron used to bind everybody and we find out that Sauron tricked him into it and then murdered like tortured his family to death and then killed him and now he wanders uh mordor has been wandering for thousands of years as a wraith bound to mordor and uh this guy named the hand of sauron kills italian's family your family at the beginning of the game and then what you got against italians oh Oh! (laughs) this fucking guy yeah, he kills Talion at the beginning of the game and oh. offers him up as a blood sacrifice to kill a Brimbor to draw him out. Oh, Mud, this fucking guy Boromir is going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're kind of a, a Boromir type character. You're just a ranger of Gondor. And uh, now you're stuck in Mordor and you've been banished from death. You can't die. Every time you do die, you'll just reincarnate basically at a at a nearby tower whatever and uh your 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 attachment to this wraith just keeps bringing you back over and over again so you say like well let's make the best of a bad situation and uh go out and just kill a bunch of orcs and then start turning them to our side to to build an army to take take down sauron once and for all and this gets you through shadow of mordor and you actually get to fight sauron in that one and one does not simply build an army in mordor oh 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 you can you do oh yeah, yeah. N- n- never mind yeah, you can yeah. one does not simply hold a dick like this <laughs> that was the best he's doing one. the finger yeah yeah <laughs> You're talking with you fight you fight Sauron. Yeah, you fight Sauron at the end of the first game. Mild spoilers. You don't you don't get to kill him, but he he like he doesn't have the one ring with him. So I was like, all right, well now I'm gonna let you win for now. But I'm retreating, and you can't you can't do shit to me. And so Shadow of War, the sequel, is all about building up armies to take down Sauron's armies, and you're doing pretty well for most of it. Victory is. Save our 
can you dig it? <laughs> we have taken his fortresses and made them our own. Now we stand at the very edge of history. Only one conquest remains, and Mordor will be ours. Can, can you pass, live? brothers? <laughs> <laughs> But ah, you bad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ultimately we know that it's like, well, you can't keep this cannon and fit it in and have Talion win because at the end of the day, Sauron's destroyed by Frodo dropping the the ring into Mount Doom. Right. Or Gollum doing it actually. Gollum's the real hero all along. Wait, is the revelation is here like I'm having the is revelation here why all prequels suck. Mm-hmm. But the prequels of the Hobbit destroyed the legacy of this game. <laughs> yeah. This whole series. Yeah. No one cares anymore. Isn't this the game with the sexy spider lady? Uh, Shadow of War is, yes. Shelob uh, has a sexy human form for some oh, reason. really? Yes. Which she doesn't even talk in, in the books. Although there is a precedent for giant spiders being able to talk, I think, in The, in the Hobbit. Yeah, so, there is. Yeah, I think there's a, there's like a parcel tongue in like uh, the Middle Earth. They're like mid sized spiders. Mm. They're not Shelob size. Yeah, giant yeah. idiot spiders hiding out in caves, trapping hobbits. She's like the mother but of spiders. Mm-hmm. But hey, hey, hey. If you can make something sexy, why don't you just do it? <laughs> Might as well. It's like Halloween <laughs> to college students, you know? Yeah, just yeah. sexy versions of everything. <laughs> sexy Shelob. <laughs> <laughs> just, I was just imagining like a furry spider bikini or something. <laughs> Legs hanging out to the sides. Uh, that just sounds like a pro wrestling outfit. <laughs> but but also, I wonder, it's like how much of that was like? No, we got people on staff with a with a spider phobia. We can't uh, we can't put this character in and have it be like as gross as it should be. People are going to want to talk to a spider, bro. They want to talk to a sexy lady. Make it a sexy lady. God, I would actually hope it was it was a spider, bro. Like a spider coming down with like some natty ice in his web. Yeah. It's like, bro, <laughs> it's just Matt Riddle. That's what it is. It's oh, I was just thinking of, like MC Chris's spider character from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, I had a shrizzle in my brizzy. <laughs> <laughs> MCP pants. Just imagining a bro manager like, no man, we got bro, we we got it. We got to put sexy lady in here. Just put make the lady sexy. Like what 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 canon can't we violate? Who the fuck is Jerry Tolkien? Get him on the phone. Like, hey, Jerry, 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 let me talk to you about this spider lady. I I, I got some notes. Jerry Tolkien. (laughs) Jerry, this is Mad Ripper. Look, it's It's Tyler Tolkien. Jerry, Jerry, if you just make the the spider with some nice, wicked tits, Uh that's what we need in this game. That's what we need to do. We'll put a we'll put a red hourglass over her asshole. Like that's what we'll do. I, I kid. It was a weird decision, but like ultimately, like you know, this this is a doomed venture, and it goes where it needs to go in order for Lord of the Rings to happen. So it does it does potentially fit in with canon, even though like, come on, it's not canon. <laughs> canon is the no. books that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote, and that's it. It suffers from the problem many of the Star Wars games, books. The stuff in between the main movies suffered from for years and years before they retconned the whole thing. It's which expanded is, universe. It's, you can only do so much. Mm-hmm. You, you can't. No, but, but uh, sorry. It's just that like Tolkien himself expanded the universe. It's not like George Lucas who contracted people to like 
expand mm. his universe. Tolkien wanted the universe before he wanted Lord of the Ring. Yeah, and the, so yeah, like yeah. I, he wrote I don't a language mind. and then wrote a book that went around that language. Yeah, he didn't reverse. I don't mind people expanding the universe of Lord of the Rings. It's just that like the Hobbit sucks. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, a, the Hobbit it's a children's movie. book. The Hobbit movies. Well, no, the no. Hobbit the Hobbit is my favorite awful. book. It, the, the Hobbit cartoon is one of my favorite movies. That's great. Uh, That's great but the, those three movies soured everyone in the same way that the Star Wars prequels did mm-hmm. on yeah. the entire franchise. No. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so the Hobbit movies were an attempt to marry the original lighthearted children's books with the more serious shit that was in, like, the appendices of Return of the King. And it did not work well at all. And a lot of that comes from, like, Tolkien himself. Like, you can see the transition in The Fellowship of the Ring if you read it. Like, it starts out as, like, a very Hobbit-like book. It's fucking crazy. Like, like, whenever I I read that and I tell people, like, dude, this is the real story. And, like, you're kidding. No, no. Like, Aragorn walked around with the ring for a hundred 200 years right but in many That's, ways that echoes their journey because because the shire is a light-hearted frivolous place yeah and then they go to some bad places yeah. and, and that shit happens tom bombadil is the fucking dividing line where that shit hits a fever pitch yes and even tolkien was like i cannot stand this shit anymore no more <laughs> songs for a while it's going to be dark and serious now yes that's true yeah but yeah the hobbit i think the biggest problem is they've made three movies out of the shortest book in that one of the best series. books of all time. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's Just great. One movie was fine, and the cartoon movie is perfect. And that's all I choose to believe exists, and that's all I need to watch. Mm-hmm. Yes, my my only fucking golem is Brother Theodore. Yeah, Gollum is actually the only reason that I know for sure this is set between uh, Hobbit and Fellowship of the Ring because you meet Gollum in the first game and he's like sings a song about like how much he hates the ranger and uh, like Bagginses, Bagginses, and it's like oh, so he's met Bilbo by this point. He's lost the ring. Oh, oh, that was good. That was a good one. Yeah, Uh, it's easy to do. It's just it's just meat wad with like a <laughs> it's meat wad. in your throat. Yes. How many how many aqua tea references can we do in this episode? Yes. No, I'm not trying. enough. I'm doing the not best enough. I can. No matter what we do, no matter. It's just but need more. Ultimately, as the ending of Shadow of Mordor reveals, it's not really that important that you're going to fail. What's important is that you try. Oh Jesus! This is no longer our battle. I tried fighting him. It can't be done. The real shadow of war. Could you really rest for all of eternity, knowing that you had the chance to stop him, but did nothing? Yeah. So here's where that logic breaks down. Mm -hmm. Why didn't that super powerful undead fucking wizard dude accompany them on their quest to drop the ring in Mordor? Because that guy is super powered and can't die. Mm-hmm. Well, see, the real Shadow of War was the friends we made, made along the way. You're right. Ways. You're right. You said it. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, I, I would I would argue that that's why I really like this story of Lord of the Rings is that like uh, Frodo's a, a normal idiot. Yeah. In like mm-hmm. uh like like rise above whatever you fuck you think you're supposed to do and do something that's way out of your pay grade, and he yes. does. Yes, it's how and, most and of that's us why feel that's most why it's of important. the time in life. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. It's 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 like 
you know, at the he, end of he, he Return does, of the he's King. He's not where the Keanu every, Reeves he's of the Lord of the Rings universe. <laughs> You're the one who can save us with all the powers. He is nothing. At, nothing. At the end of the Return of the King, where, like, Aragorn is saying, no, it's because of these harmless little dipshits, these creepy <laughs> little hairy-footed men who can't do anything and don't have any special abilities or family histories or anything that makes them cool. No, they totally won, though. It's I, I because be of these ageless little hobbits is incapable of growing facial hair and in, 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 in <laughs> extending in height because of whatever their parents did to them when they were I, young. I feel like Vigo, Vigo might have been improving there. It in might that have been, scene. yeah. 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 No, Erwin, stop referring to them as sex dwarves. <laughs> I'm, di- I'm dying to rewatch The Lord of the Rings, but like everything else about it makes me like, no, nah, I don't want to be involved in this universe anymore. <laughs> but but I, I, just, I, lo- I, I, love, I love the games. The games are great. The, these, uh, these two games are great. Yeah, I they're great. I think there's I think the first think one's better. More, but yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's, I mean, there's more good Lord of the Rings games. Than, like We talked about Star Wars earlier. There's, there's more good recent Lord of the Rings games and there were Star Wars, right? So, like, I don't know. Yeah. I've enjoyed them all. I've enjo- I, as someone who's not even a high fantasy fan, as someone who's kind of lukewarm on those, orig- the original like Lord of the Rings movies, like, I, I really enjoyed this game. I thought this game was really fun and it was really cool. It's a really cool premise. Well, it's a really cool Assassin's Creed game. It is, yeah. It is. <laughs> that's 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 the biggest issue. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a really, really. I'd still great rather game. play EA's Return of the King, which I'll never be allowed to again. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You can probably still track it down. Yeah, you could probably still buy that for one dollar on. <laughs> you literally buy that for a dollar. Yeah. All right. Well, or go to GameStop and pay twelve fifty. Yeah. Who knows? What was that? What was the turn-based RPG they did in there at one point? Um, um, Lord really, of the Rings I, Tactics, I think. No, no, no. It was it was like no. a straight. Oh, uh, the Third Age. I think so. The Final Fantasy. I think one? So. Yeah, it was yeah. Final Fantasy. Yeah. I, think, I think it was called Square of the Ring. Could be. Could be. I think. I think one of the first reviews I ever did was the the Lord of the Rings. Um, MOBA type game? I forgot what the name of it was, but they did like a Fuck. MOBA. I remember too. Oh my Ugh. God, I can't remember I, it. But I, yeah, I know they, which I, one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I think that was like the first game I ever reviewed. I was just and I had never played a MOBA before, and I was like, huh. I don't know how to play this. <laughs> like Lord of the Rings Heroes or something? Uh, uh, I don't know. It was a it was really weird. All right. Well, anyway, that's been our top five uh, doomed causes, whatever you want to call it. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, on that note, we need to take a little break now. And when we come back, we're going to dig into some Shenmue's and some Fallen Orders and oh. a bunch of other some, some Pokemons. Oh. We haven't even mentioned this show yet, but yes, a new Pokemon came out. We will talk about it, plus some news and some other stuff right after this. Get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 302010. Here's a clip from 1999. 
American Pie was a phenomenon with uh, crazy. five, five, four sequels and three straight-to-video sequels. Yeah. But American Pie is all about guys trying to get laid, especially through the eyes of Jim, Jason Biggs, who I think is actually pretty fun. I like that. I, I've always liked Jason Biggs, and I'm try- I can't even remember what the pie scene is because... Oh, he fucks it. No, no, yes. <laughs> I recall... But uh, I his penis. But I saw both mov- but the the first two movies in theaters, and the MPAA always has a cut to suggest. So the DVD has if you watched if you watched it more on DVD, you have a different fucking scene. So what do you remember him doing with the pie? Honestly, I don't remember. Like I've kind of blocked. Did that his dad out. come in and he has the pie plate over I his crotch? So yeah. So in the right. unrated unrated DVD, he's on the counter fucking it. Oh. And- <laughs> Missionary style. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can you do doggy with a pie? <laughs> I mean, not if you're the giver. Uh, bend it over the fireplace. And like... But you could do reverse cowgirl. Uh. <laughs> How do you reverse it? It's round. Well, the pie plate's away from you. Yeah, I guess, yeah, the, the pie plate is its underwear. <laughs> I think it's all but. <laughs> <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And we're back, and it's time once again to jump into that wonderland of Pokemans and Jedis that is known only as. What do we want to talk about first? We want to talk about the Star Wars or the Pokermans? Uh, I mean, I know where my vote lies, but I will, I will, I will defer. Google Stadia, it is that came out this week. <laughs> kind of staggered release. Uh, you know, I, I ordered mine back in June, and I I would say a haggard release. Like the, <laughs> like... Well, it's 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 Wednesday as of this recording. I just uh, a couple hours ago got the notification that it is. Uh, being shipped to me and i can uh play it i got i got like a code to sign up for it so i've uh briefly tried to play destiny 2 on my uh mac that is definitely not up to running destiny 2 and it seems to work pretty smoothly so far um yeah well that's the point your mac doesn't have to be up for anything right all your mac has to be able to do is display video exactly that's all you're exactly it's like i i don't have to render people on youtube either and yet they're being Streamed into my Mac, so, uh, but yeah, the um, render people into succulent stews. Ooh, the 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 bandwidth limits on this, though. Yeah, like, there was a report uh, earlier this week that like, what is it like on one hundred megabytes a minute? That's at, that's at an estimate. S- streaming ten eighty p video, yeah. roughly. Yeah. So if you're playing this now, it's because you spent the money. For the V, what are they calling this? The Founders VIP. Uh, founders is the, the Founder Edition. Yeah. yeah, it's coming out now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I. Yeah. I just don't know who this is for. I, I really for don't founders, know who yeah. this is for. It's for yeah. founders. Well, for founders. Just it's just for founders. forward it's thinkers. Just like, <laughs> the, well, the thing is, well, I'll be forward thinkers. I mean, a lot of stuff with this with Stadia just seems very like half baked. And then I don't know. Like I, I've heard, and Michael, you could say this is sure or not. Like it seems like it's not like you're playing a game. It looks like you're you're almost playing a Twitch stream. Of a game, mm. I think it depends on your internet connection, but I, I have a theory on who it's for, TL, because in it, and it, it's piggybacking onto the theory that Chris had, which I think who this is for are people who 
either can't afford or can't be bothered to go buy a dedicated console or gaming PC. Because theoretically, this is offloading all the processing power onto Google, onto someone else. I think the problem with it is timing in that at this point in the generation, at least on the console side, we're just seeing everything's going on sale. And so you can get a good console for 200 bucks. Right. Well, not even just that. It's so, okay. Let's say you, you get, you, you decrease the price of buying a console, right? So you, you lose it on that end, but if this thing is going to eat your bandwidth, like you're going to get fucked, like on the back end from Comcast or whoever you're great internet provider is right a hundred megabytes a minute uh if you were only using your internet connection for that and you had a one terabyte bandwidth limit you would reach it within 155 hours of gameplay but i think so i think just to close out the point i was trying to make is that Mm. this year might not be the time where that seems valuable to us right Mm. but next year when the consoles are going to be on sale next holiday and rumor has it i I saw one rumored report for ps5 it's estimated to come out at 500 dollars Okay, now all of a sudden this is a discussion worth having for some people. It's like, can I afford 500 up front or do I go to a solution like, like Stadia, which is my understanding is by then it will be free to use and you're just buying the games just like you would have to be buying the games when you paid for the console anyway. So I, I think that's who their audience is. But that's why all the right. Founders Pack is so confusing is like because these are early adopters, people who always are willing to pay and you, you spend $130 to buy in early. Mm-hmm. And kind of what, so my other big theory about this is people are treating this like an official launch. This is early access. Mm-hmm. They are working the bugs and the kinks out. There are lots of things that just aren't ready for this launch. And I, unfortunately, and I'm not, I'm not letting Google off the hook here. I think you, you set up this expectation for people when you, when you said you were charging 130 and you gave it a date, whereas it seems more like, like a tech product, like. How many years was Gmail in beta? Like, this is still firmly in beta, and so there's going to be bugs, but everyone, all the critiques I've read, because, I mean, it's no secret, if you go online and read any of the reviews or articles, it's been a rough launch. But I would say it's not... The worst launch. It's not their official launch, it's a beta, and so I think in many ways this is... This is still kind of a beta, but unfortunately people are treating it like an official launch, and there's there's some kinks to work out, it appears, with... With the tech, you know? Well, what I'm thinking is it's it's less about who is it for and more about the idea that, like, there are a bunch of people in the tech sector especially and in gaming who think this is the future where we don't have to worry about what console a person is running or what, what their hardware is because everybody can just tap into, like, cloud computing. And, yeah. and you know, I, I think this is kind of more about, like, pushing the industry forward a little bit giving it a nudge but i think in the past we've seen things like this kind of be piggybacked onto existing technologies like when the xbox one and the ps4 came out like you were probably buying most of your games on discs and now at this end of the the generation you're if you're anything like us you're probably buying most of your games digitally just Mm -hmm. downloading them because it's convenient you can get them at 9 p.m the day before they're supposed to come out you can't always be to use the the term that i hate you can't always be a disruptor like Mm -hmm. sometimes you do need to introduce things slowly where you're almost piggybacking onto this thing you know like 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 you said like digital was very much it started last generation but this generation really brought it home and it's something that it was a gradual change but but it happened so gradually now if you turn around and go oh my god i'm buying almost all of my games digitally at this Mm -hmm. point and it's something that i'm anxious to compare is 
there on the one side you have Google, which is doing this with Stadia, and then kind of the way Microsoft is approaching it. And they're almost they're right. they're ultimately going for the same goal, but they have two di- very different approaches. And I I'm leaning like when I see what Microsoft's doing um, in terms of like there, it looks like Game Pass is going to be somehow integrated with that, and it's more just like at this the Netflix of games, which is originally what people thought Stadia was, mm-hmm. and Google never came out and said that, but people kind of came in with this expectation. I think that's be- that's one of the bigger disconnects for people is they don't really know what. Well, at this point, they're also charging 130, and people are going, "Well, what am I paying for?" Mm-hmm. You know? Right, you're paying well, for a Chromecast. Yeah, you're paying you're, for yeah. three months of uh, Stadia Pro, which is a ten dollar monthly service, and I'm not hundred percent sure what it offers, but I know it. It's sort of like PS Plus, and that you get to choose like one uh, game from a pre-selected list. So, like, yeah. right off the bat, you can get either Destiny 2 or the new Samurai Showdown. Oh, it's either or. I thought you got both. No. Yeah, not I, how PS Plus works. You can get both. You can get both all the time. That's true. That's true. Given well, how this has gone, maybe, I bet you'll get both. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, and I just thought I had to pick one. But, uh, but and you, you get the controller, because be. the controller yeah. by itself is... Is it a $100 controller? What's... I, I think it's less than that. I think you know the, a, a lot of the price is the Chromecast Pro that you're getting, with with special mm. firmware too. That's what's weird is you can't just go out and buy a, a Chromecast and have this work. For now, mm-hmm. it's a special version of the Chromecast they have to send you directly with I special think so, firmware, yeah. Yeah. which they're not doing. Also, but I think also they like just being made aware of how much bandwidth it eats up and being someone. Like, I came of age in the 90s, and I still remember, like, the first hard drive I bought, this add-on hard drive that I wanted so badly. You know how big it was? It was 120 megabytes. Can you imagine buying a hard drive today that was 120 megabytes? Yeah, it's swatted to the ground. I don't need that shit at all. so, So thinking of that, it's like, that is how much bandwidth this thing uses per minute, slightly less. I have bigger customer service emails to Pornhub than 120 megabytes. No, no. I mean, it's just like I said. I, it's really weird, especially how we're looking at right now with data caps and how that 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 information is getting mined and yeah. how how that's going through. Like how state how state is viable is going to be really interesting to me. Like, I think. I think they may have went a little bit too early. I probably like. Does it integrate with like with um, mobile services? Like, is it? Can you use Stadia through like a like an LTE or a four G right now? Because no. but you, okay. you can, but it, it like it, it doesn't. You're not supposed to. I mean, you you can use it like with a Pixel three phone. I think specifically. So yeah. right. Because my thing would be, I would really be interested to see how it would work with five G. Only because five G is supposed to have a very, it's supposed to have a higher upload speed, and yeah. comparable to what broadband internet is now, right? Like, or even so faster, I, depending on who you ask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, right. If I'm not mistaken, like Stadia, you cannot use it on your mobile service at all. Period. So that if that's the case, I don't. I'm very skeptical about this, just because I. I that, could be wrong because Michael's right. There, there is a, a Pixel exclusive thing, like you can't do right. it on your iPhone, so I'll never do it. Well, not yet. I think the iPhone thing will come next year for sure. Sure. Like, yeah, if it's just strictly Wi-Fi and broadband, right? Like, I'm very skeptical just because of how data caps work and how Comcast likes to eat through data caps and other, you know, like it, other cable companies do that. And that's, I mean, that's the that's their move now with streaming is trying to hard cap a lot of the data that's going through. And now we're adding a new streaming element to it. I'm, I'm just very skeptical to see how this will work. 
it's it's weird. It's it's um I don't I don't like like I don't know how this is going this is going to work. And like right now it doesn't work on the majority of mobile phones, right? And do you remember how right. what, what happened like a few years ago where um we, we work we live in this open internet universe and uh, Netflix had to start paying Comcast to stream? Well, right. it was to make it so they didn't throttle their speeds because Comcast could right. selectively say stuff from this provider we're going to slow down because it's eating too much bandwidth up, and so they right. had to pay for to be on the premium bandwidth you, limit. I forget because I'm hammered and I can't make great points, but like you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like right. if, if this take if this took off tomorrow, our ISPs would fuck everybody. Everybody. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. So timing wise, I don't know. It just feels a little off. Maybe next year when we talk about new consoles coming out and with the hefty kind of upfronts that I'm guessing those those will cut co- that that $500 rumor out there seems seems legit like I, c- I can easily buy that like yeah that sounds that just sounds about right for PS5 especially with that the solid state drive they're, they're hyping up in there and stuff and kind of knowing what those cost in PCs like yeah I can believe that hmm. it's so crazy though like if they launched a $500 console they'd be dead in the water like in 2013 and here we are yeah, because Xbox cool. was six hundred, right? Because the onboard connect, or was it five? It was five hundred, but um, I think I paid six because I got a bundle with some yeah. games. It wasn't five hundred ninety nine US dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, the PS three was was like, was five ninety nine, yes, and that, that was like considered one. an yeah. egregious expense. Like no one should ever spend that much on a console. And now we're like. Mm-hmm. Huh. I remember doing uh, it like a few weeks after launch. Like I finally broke down. It's like I should buy one of these. I'm the PlayStation editor, and just the whole drive home from the Best Buy, I had it sitting in the, the driver's seat next to me, and I was like cursing at it. It's like I can't believe I spent six hundred dollars on this thing. My God! See, I got to expense mine, so I felt nothing but jubilation. Oh, lucky you! A <laughs> um, bunch of other stuff did come out this week. Uh, let, let's let's backburner the big stuff for a second. Shenmue three. Is exactly oh, you, as, said, you said backburner the big stuff. Yes, that's the biggest re- release. You think so? Shenmue think Three so? came out and proved that it's too terrible to release through a non-crowdfunding model. I've still not gotten my copy of Shenmue Three, and I'm fucking mad, and I don't know why. I've only played through like the first half hour to an hour. It is very strange. Uh, <laughs> How many capsule machines have you visited and used? Yet? One. Oh, so there, okay. There are <laughs> capsule machines. Joking. Of course well, that, there are. That's the, the weird thing that like, so it begins, I'm, I'm imagining roughly where Shenmue 2 left off. So if you haven't played the first Shenmue 2, first two Shenmues, you will be a bit confused. Uh, I never got through two. I mean, I played them, but I'm still confused. So go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, you, you immediately go to this um, Chinese village in the mountains in the 1980s. Where everybody dresses and acts like it's a kung fu movie. Everybody's just like <laughs> practicing kung fu out in the open. There's like a, a huge fat dude teaching a tai chi class, uh, wearing clothes that are like way too small for him. And uh, the the dialogue is really weird. Um, I think I, well, it like, always was, but it, the stuff I've like, seen online, it was never that bad. The, I I think it's 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 almost admirable that it's just like no you preserved the strangeness of mm-hmm. the dialogue in Shenmue 1 and 2. Yeah. And that like you've you've got stuff like and, and and some of it's just like okay, something got rewritten here and someone wasn't very careful. 
because there's that conversation that I sent to you, Matt, which is, uh, <laughs> I'm looking for a man named Yuen. No, I haven't. <laughs> Not since yeah. I saw him go into his house back there. Yeah, if you, if you ever wanted an example of what the word stilted uh, means, this is this is a good good example it's, for you. It's, it's like just it's, the dialogue is such a big part of it, and it's so weird. But yes, in in this kung fu village, I did still find <laughs> capsule machines that I could I could drop money into and get in arcade games, and get I'm Shenmue guessing. toys. I'm guessing there's going to be arcade games in there somewhere. Maybe. If this game doesn't have Space Harrier in it, which costs yeah. like $20 billion. I'm, I'm sure um, there must be an arcade at some point. I, I will be very upset. I, <laughs> I don't know why I, I don't know why I backed this game. Because I did back it. Because it's Shenmue it's, and we all wanted to see the trilogy We know finished. why. The answer is nostalgia. You backed this because of nostalgia. And what I was wondering, and I think a lot of people are wondering, is how much of what this game is doing is intentional for nostalgic purposes or is just oh, this team hasn't progressed. Like, they haven't been up to speed with how games have progressed since Honestly, then. it has to be intentional. There's no other explanation for it. Like, you couldn't do something this weird unintentionally. <laughs> right. Well, and the thing is, like, a lot of those guys who were on the original Shenmue team, like, a lot of them went to Yakuza. Yeah. Like, a lot of the Yakuza team is the Shenmue team. And, and that's, so that's my question. And I guess it'd be for you, Michael. In a world where, like, we had a full, like, before, when Shenmue 1 came out, I think that was before uh, GTA 3. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we've had before. generations of GTA games, and we've had the Yakuza games. Like, can Shenmue survive in this world, like, in, in this day and age? That That's what's intriguing to me about this game. Well, I will say Shenmue 3 is a bad game to start fairly late at night, which is what I did, because it, it's a slow start. Uh, I'm thinking, like, a Yakuza game puts you through some cutscenes and some dialogue and then immediately drops you into a fight. Uh, Shenmue 3 is me wandering around this village, talking to everybody, and having these strange, repetitive conversations about a man named Yuan. And, like, when is he coming back? Oh, I don't know, but this that little girl's father is also a stonemason. Oh, okay, I'll go talk to her. Talk to the little girl, like... Oh, is your father a stonemason? Yes, he'll be home at 7 p.m. Oh, okay, I'll have to come back to the house at 7 p.m. And there is a feature. I'm not sure if it's new or not. Because, again, it's been, I haven't played these games since Shenmue 2 came out for the original Xbox. Yeah. Uh, but there, there is a time skip thing. Like, yeah, there's, can, a, there's a button wait. where you could... No, it's not like a wait thing. It's like you can fast forward to that time oh, cool. or to the place that you're supposed to go if you're lost. Uh which is nice. Um, I, so are you remembering, though, in those games, like you were saying, like, in this one, there's no combat. I'm like, there wasn't much combat in Shenmue 1 at I mean, all. Like, it's, there, there, I'm sure there is combat. I just haven't found any yet. And, but that, and that, was, that was Shenmue 1. Is like the, most of the combat was quick time events. And, like, there's only there's only two or three real yeah, No, there, there were two types like, of combats. There was, there there was, was quick, quick time, time events, and then there were... Then there was the kung fu system, but it didn't happen... It didn't happen that often. You could go entire oh, days often, without fighting. Yeah. You could, in Shinmu One, you could go entire days without fighting if you wanted to. You just go into town and do your thing. Yeah, remember when this was like being first teased as a Virtua Fighter RPG? Yes, Shenmu, and then they came out with the actual Virtua Fighter RPG on GameCube, and like nobody yes. talks about it. Oh God. <laughs> Because it was a Virtua Fighter me. Pokemon. It's hurting me, and I want to. I, I wanted. To, I wanted to lie back and like. I, I love the idea that everyone kickstarted in a record-breaking way. 
the worst game ever made. <laughs> it's not the it's worst game. It's not the worst game ever made, but it's 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 like seriously in terms of a uh, uh, like I'm a historical guy in terms of uh, parallel lines. The lines of producing games went this way. Shenmue tried a thing, didn't work, and we didn't do it again. And and you all paid three million dollars <laughs> to make it happen again. Yep, it was. It it's was going to be terrible. Specifically, we paid. It's going to be dollars. terrible. It's it's going to be the worst game you've ever played in your life. Was this sixty dollars to get a copy of the game, or was it yes, 40? 60. It was sixty. That's fine. The, the fans spoke. They wanted a conclusion to the trilogy, to the story, right. and and I'm I'm in with that. If you like Shenmue, and I don't, and I would never have paid for that. Um, but like, uh, yeah, you bought, you got what you paid for it, and like you're fucking crying about it. It's so crazy. But yeah, Shenmue Three does appear to be the last big release of the year. So uh, other than Watam, which is like in mid December. So I will play it more in in yeah. the time between this week and next, and uh, we'll we'll have a theme that's appropriate to it, and I'll talk more about it. And, and I don't think a lot of people have been crying realized. about it. I, I've seen reviewers more baffled by it than, <laughs> than complaining. It's, like, it's, it's it's so strange, funny, it's baffling, but it's I, so funny to watch because be like because like because Shenmue was this thing where I thought this is where all games are going to go eventually, and then like we played the first one like ooh. I don't really want to do that at all. I don't want to earn money to like put in machines to play video games. I haven't seen consumer reviews yet, but one of two things will happen is either the fans will love it and they'll say, yeah, this is just like one and two. I love this. Thank you for I mean, making I'm, this I'm game I'm already again. seeing a lot of that. Or they'll go, it will be a lesson to them of be careful what you ask for. And they'll go, oh, well, I'd rather play I, I've also game. seen reviews that said this is like a, an HD remaster of a game that never existed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just like... Look, having played another game this year with the number three, that definitely felt like that. Mm. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I I played Shenmue when I was in ninth grade. That game came out when I was in ninth grade, and it meant everything to me. But that's because the Dreamcast means everything for me. Like, if, me if, the, if Capcom came out and said, hey, we're going to kickstart Power Stone, I would be like, what's the highest tier? I'll bid on it, yeah, right? Because, like... Mm -hmm. That's just, it's it's just my thing. I don't know. Will I like Shinmu? Probably not. I'll probably have the same feeling I did about Kingdom Hearts 3. Like, it'll be, yep, I did this, and I can now forget about my life, because I don't have to I don't worry about it anymore, but... You, you have to see it through. That's kind of where I'm at, is like... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to yeah. see it through no matter what, because it's been 18 years? Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm not I'm not yelling yeah. about it. I'm not an angry person. I, I'm not anti Shinmu. It's just the idea that, like, this game clearly went on a branch where the rest of video games didn't follow and you paid for it to do that to like go back to this world that doesn't work in terms of video games and and like and like and like oh we're mystified by it like mystified like the game sucked it sucked all the time it always did it <laughs> disagree disagree I mean, and i think the people who bought this game a lot of them will just will, will be sorry fine with I, this game because yeah. i'm like, not trying to I be like super negative one. about it but like but like it, it was never ever going to happen unless you paid for it up front and i'm glad it exists uh but like yeah there was there was nothing ever good <laughs> no one no nobody in gaming would learn anything from this ever like, ah, if you guys want to talk about old school oddities, 
I played something that I wasn't supposed to be oh, able to play. Oh, that's right. Michael. It doesn't even exist in the U.S. Well, it exists. You just have to import no. it. I played that Capcom logo controller arcade machine thingy. Holy Lord. <laughs> so someone Holy someone Lord. at work imported it, and I played it. And um, the most baffling thing is the choice of games. It is just this odd compilation of Capcom arcade games. Like, there's nothing... There's no unifying theme tying them together. It is, it is the best choice of games I've ever seen in my whole life, but I would never buy that thing. Does it have Kallax versus Dinosaurs? No, it no. does not. No, nothing Nothing ever will, TL. Yeah. <laughs> then I will I will constantly never buy these things until I get that Cadillac but and Dinosaurs. It, it does have AVP in it. It has the AVP Holy side-scrolling shit. game where, yeah, you can play as the brawler, where you can play as two Predators. Or two humans, which why would you ever do that? You know, because they're awesome, and it's kind of cool that it, humans are working alongside predators. It has Strider as well, which I had Damn. very fond memories of the arcade version, and then I played it. I was like, why did I love this game? I couldn't wait for the Genesis version, which was a totally it was the game. prettiest arcade game of 1986. And yeah. fighting that giant robot gorilla was amazing. And of course, it's got a version of Street Fighter Two on there because mm-hmm. it's a Capcom thing, and it has to. And it's it's totally fine. The games themselves are really fun. I uh, I played um. I'd never played Mega Man Power Battles before, so I finally got a chance to play that yeah. weird Ooh, oddity. Huh. It's a really fun. It's a really fun game. You never kicked a soccer ball at a fucking <laughs> opponent in a fighting game ring. Really? It's a weird game. But um, the one thing I will say about the hardware itself. So it, what you're paying for, you know, is that big logo and then the two sticks on there. And it's like in terms of the sticks themselves, the quality is great. They, they feel great. Um, but it's like it's expensive to import it. I, I want to say it's 300 or maybe $350 right now where unless there's the ability to eventually put more games on here. Nope. <laughs> it, it's like, whoa, this is this is a steep entry fee. Uh, the other thing is the hardware itself it's running on, I don't know the exact specs, but it took a long time to like switch games for me to like get back to the menus and switch games, which leads me to believe it's not necessarily like a big powerful piece of hardware, the board that it's running on inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the controls in terms of which buttons you use to like exit out of the of a game to the menus and stuff, it was not intuitive at all. But I feel like if you owned it you would learn that stuff. But um Overall, it's just like I'm really glad I played it, and it's really cool. And it's like if you're a collector of oddities or just a Capcom fan, it's probably worth checking out for you. But only if you are rich, because it is very expensive to do so. Three hundred dollars. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, it's re- it's really expensive. Yeah. All right, uh, you guys want to talk Pokemon or Star Wars? Let's oh, let's let's do Pokemon. Yeah, Why not, okay, man? let's do Pokemon. Who's actually played it except for me and Trav? Just you and Trav, I think. Yeah. So Trav, yeah. you finished this. I beat it. I beat the main game, yes. Damn. I've already put twenty oh no, I've already put twenty nine hours into the game, yes. Mm. Would you say you've collected today. them all? I have not. Um, not even close to clicking at all. Well, we know you haven't because uh, the no, it doesn't have the full Pokedex, so I don't even know what we're okay. talking about. Oh, uh, <laughs> I've never. Okay, so <laughs> I've been waiting to, for you to talk about this on a can, show can for like I, a month. I just say that I loved that mm-hmm. at like the first train station you get to. There's like a pair of kids, and if, if you've played Let's Go Pokemon or Eevee, like you talk to one of them, they'll just like, oh, here's a free Pikachu. Thanks for playing. <laughs> a Freakachu. Here's a Freakachu. Yeah, a Freakachu. Mm-hmm. Or a Freebie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, Pikachu is a big boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giga Bash Pikachu. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Dynamax thing is pretty cool. The Dynamax thing is really great. And I'm going to talk about it in a second. Okay. But these fuckers. <laughs> uh, let's, not be, let's not be antagonistic. 
I understand people are very upset that their favorite Pokemon may not be in the game. My favorite Pokemon is not in the game. Breloom is my favorite. He is. It is not in the game. So I understand Everyone people being upset. You know what that is? What is Breloom it? Breloom is Raylum. a. It is Breloom is a mushroom Pokemon that punches really well. Okay. Um, sure. Mushroom Pokemon. It is a mushroom bird. Yes, it is. <laughs> mushroom bird. What? Did I? Am I having a stroke? Michael, do you smell almonds? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just Pokemon are great. <laughs> anyway. I understand your favorite side of the game. Okay, that's fine. However, bitching about it and crying about it, like children, does not mean that it can just be fixed. This game wouldn't have been delayed because there's a lot of things going into it. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. It, it just is. Pokemon's one of the most highest grossing franchise across media. So you're crying about, oh, they should just go into, they should just go into the lab and remake these Pokemon. It takes them like two weeks. It's never going to happen. I understand it's not. It may not look as beautiful as you want it to look. It still looks great. There's still great looking areas. I think a lot of the new Pokemon look really great. Uh, Dynamax is really cool. Shut up and enjoy. Shut up and if you don't enjoy this game, that's fine. You don't have to love every video game, but this game is it for you. It's for the people who are playing Pokemon Go, people who are playing, who are young getting into Pokemon, and people who are Pokemon fans. Hmm. And if you're bitching about this stuff, you're not a real Pokemon fan. Now we can actually talk about well, Pokemon. I wanted like, to ask you about yeah. that. You, you said this is for like returning fans or newer Pokemon fans. So as a hardcore fan, if I can classify you as such, TL, like, is there still enough there for you? Is it still like a very good Pokemon game? So it is. Now this again, this may be specific for me. One of the things I love about it is like. The, the gyms previously would just be like these very like solo things. Like you would just go to a gym and fuck up a gym and leave. But just in this game, uh, this game, the whole gym system is like uh, it's like going to a sporting event. Like there's yeah. people in the crowd watching it. It's and like weird. even before, even before you start, like you have like it, to me, it's like akin to like base, like um, soccer in in Europe. Like obviously, yeah. basically, it's, in the it's UK. very clearly soccer inspired. <laughs> Right, uh, but you like you have an opening to, to pitch. the point where the bad guys are soccer hooligans. Yes, Team like, yell. <laughs> and you have like an opening pitch, like introduction, like before you even start the, the tournament. You have to be endorsed by somebody, and you get endorsed by the champion. And they're like, "Okay, now go down to this bitch, and you're going to introduce yourself, and you make yourself your jersey, and all this other stuff." Like to me, that's very interesting. Um, it's way it's way, interesting way of changing that. And then um, the wild area. So this is the thing that is most kind of reminiscent to what they did with Pokemon Go. Because you can go into the wild area and a lot of people have been upset because now going to each different gym kind of like it allows you to catch Pokemon of a certain level. Mm -hmm. But it's necessary because you can go into the wild area and you can start the game and run into like level 50 Pokemon. Yep. Uh, who and will you, wreck your shit. You can't catch them, even if you've got them down to a sliver of health. Yes. Um, but I think that's very interesting. Like it, it, It's a good way of gating that game, because if you could catch those Pokemon, you could run through this game very easily, right? Mm -hmm. It's a good way of gating that game and also making it feel fresh. And like it also makes Pokemon terrifying, because what if you can't fight a level 54 Pokemon and you're just going to get your shit wrecked? Like you have to run away from them. Um there's not as many um, random encounters as before. Like, there's a lot of Pokemon on screen. 
which I know was a big, like, people's fear was like, oh, they're going to just go back to random encounters. Like, there are some, but it's not as many as you would think. There's a lot yeah. of Pokemon that are actually on the screen the whole well, time. There's so many Pokemon on screen, and then, like, you're reminding me of, like, when I went into the that first stadium where you have to register as a uh, competitor, that, like, you go in and your best friend is like, wow, look at all these people, and there's, like, eight people, like, dispersed far <laughs> across this gigantic lobby. <laughs> All of these are other competitors. That's amazing. Okay, so the people, you're right. The yeah. people in the crowds are kind of lackluster. Again, if we're talking sports analogies, like, Matt, you remember the old PS2 sports games where it'd be like the same four people in a crowd? I, uh, I don't like sports. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, was that? I'm, t- I'm joking. No, yeah, I do remember <laughs> that. Uh, but no, it is. It, so, I mean, that's kind of... It's kind of whack that, that that's like that. And there's also like, there's also things like the story isn't great. Um, and it's a mile, like the, the villain is a mile away. Like you can see it coming a mile away. But I, I've really enjoyed it. I think, I think Dynamaxing and Gigamaxing is super cool. It just reminds me of like a, like a really cool kaiju battle. Yeah. You're just like. I really like having like my score bunny grow gigantic. How, and- how many of the Pokemon can you Dynamax in there? Because it's only a certain subset of them. So, right? okay. So every Pokemon can Dynamax. However, I believe there are 18 that can Gigamax. Oh, okay. Those are the big, yes. big boys. Those are, well, they're, they're all big boys, but so some of the big boys change shape when you Gigamax. Oh, shit. Like, so Charizard becomes, like, this basically, like, a flame lord dragon. Um, I think uh, Travador just, like, has... I'm uh, not Travador, Garbodor, excuse me, has, like, all this different trash, like, put inside of it. Like, it's it's wild. Huh. Interesting. It's a really fun game. Just yes. have my hand I, I have to say, hand. I'm slightly disappointed. I went with Scorbunny as my starter. Why, why are you disappointed? He's the best ever. That's, he is the best. I went for Scorbunny as well. It's because of his evolution. Because he goes from, like, this really cool-looking, cute, dancing Pokemon that just, like, hops from one foot to the other and, like, keeps rhythm with the music during the match to, like, this surly Pokemon wearing a hoodie that he just, like, stuffs his hands into this, like, furry pocket on the front. So he becomes freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, and that sounds amazing, and I, now I love him even more. I, he, I don't follow he that is, reference. He TL, is. TL follows. I absolutely follow. He is, but he's a soccer bunny. He's a soccer bunny from from it's. He's now early kids. He's early kid soccer bunny. Then he goes into uh, he goes. In, is it Rabot? Yeah, I think is the Rabot. Oh, Rabot, which I what was, a great wait name. again. Wasn't that the name of the enemy from the first episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force? <laughs> that was Ra- that was Rabot. That Rabot. Was That's Rabot. yeah, yeah. Yes. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Just> saying. <laughs> Uh, but then he turns the center ace, who is just a Pokemon ace, who even does like the Brandy Chastain slide victory thing whenever he does like a big, whenever they do a big move. Like I, mm, I love, I love, I love them all. The only one I didn't like is Sabo's evolution, where he just looks, he just like a, he looks like a creepy pervert. He looks like <laughs> he looks like if John Waters was a Pokemon. That's what he looks like. <laughs> Sobble a Pencil shit. Pencil mustache, I choose you! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Very cool. So, so worth checking out. So, someone like me, 
who only checks in on Pokemon games every few years, and only when I hear there's big evolutions of stuff happening, no pun intended evolutions, Pokemon, right. is this one worth checking out, or should I um, maybe wait for a future version I mean, that might have I don't, more stuff? I don't really like Pokemon, and I'm having fun with it. Okay. So. Yeah, I think if you, so I think if you kind of, and, it, and it, it, one of the things I did like about this game, or I, I like about what they've done a lot more recently, is like, they've tried to make it less of a barrier of the barrier of like competitive players and people who just want to play casually if i think even if you're playing this just as a casual game i think it's very fun i think a lot of the stuff that they bring in is like kind of very novel um especially like this being a system that a lot of people have like i think a lot of people are going to enjoy it um so i would definitely recommend it you know I would say wait till it goes on sale, but guess what? It's a Pokemon game. Well, Nintendo games never. It will never go on sale. Never. That's foolish. So, uh, but yeah, if you if you want a a, if you want a fun experience uh, to pick up, I would highly recommend Pokemon. But would you also recommend Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? I would. Have have not played it yet. Really? Wish. I have not. Oh, it's no. so good. He's been playing Pokemon. He beat Pokemon, man. It's like yeah. all his day. So, as I said earlier, like the the pacing and the level design of uh, Fallen Order really strongly remind me of the first rebooted Tomb Raider. That there's something about it, like that that game was very much a Metroidvania, where yeah. as you as you got new weapons and abilities, like you could bash through barriers that were impassable earlier. This and is revisit sort of the earlier parts of the map and do the mm-hmm. same thing. And this game, yeah, very much has you doing that. They do make it convenient, though, in that, like, the map in this game is mm-hmm. really good about showing you like, here's the areas that you can now access that maybe you couldn't yeah, before. Like, areas that you can't you can't get through. Like, here's here's this rock wall that you don't have the ability to break through yet. It'll be red on Solid the map. Solid red. Yeah. Once you get that ability, it turns green. And you'll know, like, oh, okay, well, there's an area I should return to because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I was, I started to say it earlier, like, and this isn't a knock against the game, so please don't take this the wrong way. But I think what this game is, is it's the greatest hits of several of my favorite games for the past few years. So a little bit of the Tomb Raider reboot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Uncharted, especially in that first level. Like that first level. Yeah, that first level is basically an Uncharted level. It plays differently than the rest of the game, too. And I was telling you, Michael, there's a thing we, we have in the biz called a vertical slice, which which developers will create this really great experience to kind of like prove to the publisher, like, hey, this is how development's progressing. This is kind of what the rest of the game, it, it's meant to represent you know what the game is mm-hmm. and i kind of feel like that first level is either developed for that or like demo purposes for like e3s and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. It, but um it had and then of course we 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 haven't i don't know if we've been dancing around it but there's a lot of souls like identity oh, yeah. in this game absolutely you uh, have to, to find point, force circles and meditate in them. yeah the meditation circles which reset the enemies if you rest at them mm-hmm. or they can if you don't rest they're just save points um it's also where you can upgrade using your skill tree which uh yeah it's that's it's cool that that's in there. Um, it combines the best. It's it is like a greatest hits of all of those different games. Michael, one you you brought up a point though. The level design is reminiscent of the DS Zelda games, right? Is what we're well, saying because in, of the in dungeon. That, so uh, there are I think what four planets in all. 
And one of them is is a starter hub planet. It's not yeah. really a planet. But but there's Zepho is the the second planet you visit, and you will have to return to it several points yeah. during the game. Like you'll go off and do something on Kashyyyk, and like okay, now I've got this new ability, and I have to come back here and open up a new path. Yeah. And there's like a whole other section of the game with like its own tomb, and so it's like yeah, you're returning to this this other area and just. You know, and that was slightly that was slightly disappointing. If you think of like Souls games, there's a lot of variety in those worlds, and and they even have the optional worlds that are optional areas you don't even necessarily need to progress through to beat the mainline story. Whereas everything here, you're gonna see it if you if you go through. Yeah. Um, but it is like there's not a ton of visual variety where it's not like you open up this new area of, of Zepho and, oh, this looks completely different than other areas. Like, you know, you can still tell you're on the same planet. Yeah. It, it still has so, to fit within that Star Wars frame. You is, know? is this maybe the first Souls Light? Where it's not quite a Souls-like, but it, it uses some of those elements? Because I, I don't I don't feel like it has the crushing difficulty. Uh, and, and like, well, there is some of the options, which is rare too. Souls yeah, games don't. Land. Yeah. It also has a, like a super easy mode at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. And, and I had to like realize like, oh no, I'm not going for the hard mode. I'm going for the normal mode, which yeah. is the third one up. But, uh, yeah, but it, it also has that cool level design where like you'll, you'll wander off on a path and it'll lead you through this whole other twisting area. And then like, it'll eventually curve back around yeah. and you'll open a door and it's like, Oh, this is back where I started. That's, That's the, cool. The souls thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, you've made a shortcut now so you can easily get to places, which I think is cool as well. So it's funny. It, it's a souls light. If you like me, keep forgetting you have force powers during combat. So if you just play the ah, base yeah. combat of like, you know, guard, dodge, parry, yeah. strike, block at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Then it does feel very Souls-like, but then once you remember, like, oh, I can freeze dudes in place, or I can force push dudes, uh -huh. uh, then it becomes more of that power fantasy. Never, but you never feel overly powerful. The game does a great yeah. job of smacking it's, you it's down. It's not Force Unleashed. You, you have, you're a Padawan, and you have very rudimentary Jedi powers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, when you use those power powers, they do help you out of tough spots in that game, and especially, like in a Souls game, you can one-on-one -on -one, you can pretty much win most fights and you learn enemies tells and stuff but if you get ganged up on like three or four guys on you at one time especially before you get that double blade lightsaber it's rough going and you might meet, might want to rethink how your approach in those situations but um no it's it's i like the souls like aspect about it i think it's really cool that they made that choice um while still having uh, a good narrative experience. Uh, the acting, we should say, is really good. Like, the voice acting in this game is really oh, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just, yeah, the story itself is compelling. So, so far, for me, it's just a very, very solid game. And I, and I like playing it. And it's, I was telling you, Michael, it's like, I didn't know I was that far in it, though. And then I kind of looked and I'm like, oh, I only have, like, two more areas before I finish this bad boy out. I, sh I should just close it out yeah. at this point. Yeah. And, like, I love that the, the aliens are just, like, these cranky middle-aged dudes who don't want your droid on the couch because yeah. it'll get oil everywhere. You can't <laughs> talk about droids and not talk and, about... And I love that BD-1 is, is your, so your little droid in it. He's this little tiny bipedal droid that yeah. is, like, super cute. And every time... I hear his name spoken. I hear it as B.D. Wong, as in like the actor from from <laughs> Mr. Robot, like B.D. Wong, Stim. Um, I, you know what I want is I want that meme of the guy walking with his girlfriend and then turning his head to look at the other girl. Uh -huh. But I want his girlfriend to be 
Baby Yoda from The Mandalorian and BD One to be who he turns to look at for uh-huh. me because yeah, you, yeah, you got to yeah. pick. You can't have the two cute. I, Star I bet Wars someone's characters. done that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, BD One is adorable, and you care for him, and he he gets those powers that a lot of the Metroidvania stuff is. BD One gets a power yeah. that lets you. He's got flip a scump link, whatever the fuck that <laughs> yeah. is. And then he's and he can overload circuits and sure, open up sure, sure. new paths for you and stuff. So uh, yeah, man, this game is really. It's solid. It, it's it's you know it's not like this will be amongst my best games of the year, but um, I don't know. It's it's tough to say it's like the number one or anything for me. And it's also tough. There's a lot of games that I'm currently playing right now that I'm like, oh, I should go back to that thing or whatever. That's what's weird is I I'm compelled to go back and play more Death Stranding, but at the same time I'm like I'm so close to finishing this thing. But um, yeah, this is a good way to close out like the big releases of the year for sure. It's a really good Star Wars game as well. Hells yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that does it for new releases, so let's move on to... News. Hey, you guys know that joke about Valve not being able to count to three? No, never heard mm-hmm. it. Well, tell me about it's it. It's still true. Uh, <laughs> because they announced a new Half Life game, but it's a VR game and it's called Half Life Alex. Mm-hmm. So, not what people were hoping for with the new Half Life game announcement, but still, another game in the Half Life universe, that's something. Hmm. Hey, I'm just glad Valve was making games again. That's all I care mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. They haven't made a game for how long? They don't have to. They own Steam. They, <laughs> they, they, they That's what's crazy is like. They've, they've got games like Dota out there just making them money continuously, and they own Steam, and it's like, the fact that they're out there making new stuff, I'm fine with that. And actually, as we're recording this, there's supposed to be a lot more details announced Thursday of this week, so yesterday as you're hearing this, uh, which, but we don't know more, we don't know much other than that they are describing this as a flagship VR game, uh, and it's called Half-Life Alex. But I wanted to play a little game for you guys, because this week it's weird, there's a lot of rumored releases out there, and so I wanted to play a quick game for you. Uh, out of these four rumored releases, I want you to tell me there's four choices here. You can either, if you're super excited, say, shoot it in my veins. Mm-hmm. Uh, just your, or your second response is, oh, cool, like you're excited, but not like, okay, overly. Or just, meh, like take it or leave it. Or God, why? Just like no on these titles, okay? So I'm going to give them to you one at a time, and then I want, I want you guys to weigh in. So it's been rumored that 2K has been hiring a development studio in Marin, uh, working on a new Bioshock game. Shoot it in my veins. Shoot it in your veins directly. Mm -hmm. TL. I I will say the exact same as someone who's an ardent ardent defender of Bioshock Infinite. Shoot it in my veins. I am also want you to shoot it in my veins. We are three junkies right Mm -hmm. now. Uh, How about this? According to a Kotaku report, there might be a new Mass Effect game in the works Mm. that is in very early development at the Edmonton office under the direction of Bioware producer Mike Gamble. So, are we shoot it in my veins, oh cool, meh, or god why? I'm oh cool. Oh cool? What about you, T? As someone who didn't hate the last, uh, the last, uh, what's the last Mass Andromeda? game? Andromeda, yeah. Shoot it last in my effect. veins. Let's go. As someone who hopes that they took a lot of the feedback from Andromeda and are going to incorporate that, shoot it in my veins. Especially ha- having played Dragon Age Inquisition after the fan feedback to Dragon Age 2. 
and how good that game was, give me that new Mass Effect because I think it'll be awesome. All right. How about this one? There's a rumor. Uh, this one is by Twitter user and industry insider Tidus, Tidux. I'm going to assume it's Tidus from Final Fantasy X with an X at the end. He claims that there's a new SOCOM game in development by Guerrilla Games. Uh, and one of the things substantiating this is back in April, there was a job listing hinted Guerrilla is working on a big multiplayer game. Um, there hasn't been a new SOCOM game, gentlemen, since 2011 SOCOM 4, U.S. Navy SEALs. So, new SOCOM. In your veins, you drug addicts. Oh, cool. Meh. Or why? Uh, as someone who played SOCOM 4, I'm going to say meh. I mean, it's Guerrilla, which might elevate it to an oh, cool. But okay. uh, if yeah, it's multiplayer only, then I'm that's like, true. meh. I think Gorilla's uh, also supposed to be working on a new Horizon Zero Dawn game, which that shooted in my veins. Absolutely. Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is a why for me. Really? <laughs> really? I, 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 I feel like SOCOM is a, is a relic of the PlayStation 2. And yeah. again, as someone who got that relic for the PlayStation 2 this year, maybe we should just let Sleeping Dogs lie. Or bring back Sleeping Dogs. There we go. Yes. I, yes, please. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go meh on this one because I gotta see some of it. I gotta know what they're doing with that. Because SOCOM is just a name that, to be honest, at this point, doesn't mean much to me. Like I don't know what to expect from a SOCOM game. I, but they can't, like TL saying, they can't just make another one of those games that was a PS2 era thing. So yeah, we'll see. I, I'll wait and see. How about that? Uh, and then last but not least, gentlemen, or maybe it's least, depending on your responses. Uh, there's reportedly a new Saints Row game. Shoot it in my veins. And they're going to reveal more of that in 2020. So, Michael, you won't have very long before you get your fix. What about you, TL? Oh, yeah. Shoot it in my veins. Let me play Johnny. You guys I want to be Johnny. about all of almost all of these games. I love it. I'm, I'm an oh, cool. Like, Saints Row for me ne- never won me over. Like, I know some people are just huge into three and four. Like, I like the Saints Row games, but I'm like, oh, cool. Like, that's, that's nice that they're doing another one of those. And overall, I would rate that segment I just did as a meh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I was fine with it. So, um, Xbox had the XO19 event mm-hmm. last Friday, and there were some big announcements coming in out of that event. So let's just kind of... I'll, I'll, I'll go over some of the highlights of that event for you. Mm-hmm. So they announced Age of Empires 4. Who's up for some Age of Empires 4? Are we still playing that game? Shoot it in my veins. Really? Cut the vein open and stick it into it directly. You're, you're a big Age of Empires guy, huh? I I love Age of Empires Two. Was like one of my favorite. Is one of my favorite games of all time. I love. Oh, Age well, of the definitive games. edition of that is out now. I know. I I kick myself every day not having an Xbox One. I will be getting one soon. Uh, but yeah, Age of Empires Four. Yes, mm. I I love it, and I cannot wait. I'm not cannot I'm not huge into RTS games, so for me, yeah, you know, it's a bit of a meh for me. Um, all right, so then let's see. There is a new uh, multiplayer game called Bleeding Edge, and that's from um, the Hellblade Sinuous Sacrifice creators from Ninja Ninja Theory. And that's coming March 2020, and the beta begins February 2020, so have that to look forward to. Uh, they showed more of that game, Crossfire X, which uh, is being worked on by Remedy. And that's the one that, like, Crossfire is, like, the biggest shooter franchise globally because it has a huge following in, like, I want to say it's China and Southeast Asia, but it didn't really catch on here. But uh, that's the one. Did Microsoft announce that at E3 this year, the new Crossfire game? Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking of that commercial in my head now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. You'll be caught in the Crossfire. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, they showed the new game from Rare, uh, Everwild. You guys see any of that? 
I I think I saw. Did they show it or were they just was it just they showed it? There's a trailer. It's a new RPG okay. focused on magic. Um, yeah, looks neat, and it's nice to see Rare working on new stuff because uh, kind of they've just been doing Sea of Thieves for so long at this point. Uh, they showed off more of that new flight simulator game, which looks. I mean, game. They showed off more of Flight Simulator, which looks amazing. That's the one that like pulls in all the maps from the cloud, apparently. I don't know. Yeah. Like I know I those said, games I, have an audience. Yeah, like I said, I can't wait to play that game and then uh, drive, fly Ja Rule to a private island. Because I learned how to fly while playing Flight Simulator. <laughs> that's still the, that's still the that's best thing right. about the documentary. That's right. That was on that. Did, did you see that documentary, Michael, about the Fire Festival? Where the guy they had fly him everywhere had learned to fly on Microsoft Flight Simulator. Oh, just like snakes on a plane. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I, s- I'm actually excited for that one just because, like, my dad will be excited for it. And uh, I love the idea of being able to connect with my dad over a video nice. game, even if it's one that's completely impenetrable to me. Is your dad one of those guys that has, like, the, is it, what do they call that, the HOTUS setup where they have, like, the plane controls and everything? No, like he's, that? he's not savvy enough to, to put that together, but yeah. he did have, like, a flight stick. That's awesome. Point. That's um, awesome. That, yeah, that's what, like, our dad's generation, like, that was, for a lot of people, what got them into video games is they're, like, everyone wanted to try out a flight simulator. My, my dad just loves planes, so. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Obsidian uh, showed more of their new project called Grounded. It's uh, slated for 2020. It's a first-person survival co-op with narrative-driven edge is how they refer to it. And so, yeah, this is um, their first game since shipping The Outer Worlds. And I think the first one, I think they were working on it before Microsoft bought them. Um, Let's see. They they announced a lot of stuff for Project xCloud, which to me... Uh, we were talking a little bit about their different approach. So they announced there are more than 50 games from 25 different people being added to the service. They were saying that uh, right now I think XCloud is only playable on certain phones in its beta phase. It is coming to Windows 10 next year. Hmm. And they hinted that they are trying to get it on even maybe iOS devices. So, yeah. Uh, it, basically, they also said that like they're, they're supporting multiple controllers. Like You can play this stuff with a DualShock 4 apparently which is kind of cool um and then there's over 3500 games on xbox one today and there are 1900 games currently in development that are already working on project x cloud so that's huge i want to just say uh wasteland 3 was shown off and uh weirdly enough it's on xbox game pass now even though it doesn't come out until 2020 like it's available as something that you can download if you do download it it downloads like a 100 megabyte thing and then whenever you try to load it, it just takes you to the store page. But that weird. is just so intensely weird to me. It might not even be there now. It's like a pre-order download. Something. Yeah, yeah. But like that tile yeah. is there and you can download a file. <laughs> so, sounds like a mis- someone made a mistake. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Uh, so Don't Nod showed off their new game, Tell Me Why. Uh, these are the guys that do Life is Strange. And um, this is the one that it stars a transgendered main character. I don't know. The trailer looked pretty cool. It looked very much like Don't Nod, what they do. It's like a Life right. is Strange. I was, I'd be very interested, interested to see like the back the backstory of you know the development of that game. Like, did it reach out to you know is this is this being created by a trans you know a trans mm-hmm. creator only just because like it representation is something that's very important to me, right? And I want to make sure like it's really cool that this is happening, but I want to make sure that it's not happening and that like. In a kind of a a walled voice that a cis person 
could end up making right, and it's not be like negative. Like obviously, it's good intention, but there's like there's a way to tell that story. So I'd be very interested to learn about the back history of that game being made. I don't know if there's actually like if any of the main writers are transgendered or not. All right. Uh, but that was everything from XO19 or XO19. <laughs> Um, but then the other big stuff, uh, the Game Awards announced all their nominees for the year, which I'm not going to run down the whole lists here. There was a lot of them. I did want to just call out a few highlights from a yeah, certain let's, categories. Let's take a look at the Game of the Year stuff, which is, Absolutely. I think, I think that's the central category that most people are excited for. Yeah. And the rest is just sort of like, here's some categories for runners up that didn't quite make the uh yeah and what what i'll be doing is what i did last year i will be on the official vga twitter account so at vg apocalypse i will be doing kind of fan polls for every category so that you guys can vote for your picks uh but that'll be closer to when the show airs which is in december so yeah game of the year uh here's who they announced so control Mm -hmm. death stranding the resident evil 2 remake sekiro shadows die twice uh the outer worlds and Smash Ultimate. Which is that that last one is a little weird to me, but I guess that if something is in late November like they have a cutoff of what, like November fifteenth? So uh yeah. late November or and, and December of the previous year. Didn't are Smash game. Smash came out in December last yes. year. Yeah, it came out it came out in December, but I think they set this precedent last year. There was another game that was a December game. Greece also got nominated yes, for yes. a few things, and that was a December yeah. game as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's just how it just... I love that musical. <laughs> no, I don't. It's the word. <laughs> I, I like the movie. Um, I, I literally just had an argument where Greece 2 is actually better than the first one. That's not good there. Um, they, did, they, get one, they got one entry wrong, by the way. I think they meant to say Outer Wilds, not Worlds. Okay, so I really... <laughs> So on that list of game of the year, as we're getting close to, you know, the end of this year, like only one of them is in my game of the year right now, and it is Outer Worlds. Um, and so I'm of two minds of it. I know a lot of people are very upset about the list, and I think there's a lot of games that are being omitted, um, like Fire Emblem Fates. I mean, Fire Emblem Fates. Fire Emblem Three Houses like is nowhere else on anyone's list, and it's like weird. Um, but these lists are all subjective. I, I want people before people get really upset. It's all subjective, and like I don't know, this seemed like this was going to be a Death Stranding sweep of this award as soon as Death Stranding got announced. Like, I, I well, that was I, a, I don't that's know. the thing that popped out to me is there's a lot of the games on this list appeared on several of the lists to the point where it's like almost hmm. title for title. Well, certain some of the lists, I, I think you know subjective calling it subjective kind of gives the impression like this is Jeff Keeley's favorite games. It's no, not, no, no, there's, no. there's a very large pa- uh, voting panel of, and they're uh, transparent about sites. it on their site, yeah. which is refreshing. They, they, you can go to the game mm-hmm. awards website and there's a link to show you all those. Yes. Yeah. 3d juegos is in fact yes. on the voting Fucking board. Finally. Yes. But I mean, wouldn't that be trace day? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Jump force, which is a game. It no is a one game. Likes. Nobody like as an I'm an anime fan. Uh-huh. I'm a fighting game fan. Sure. No one likes. Got voted best fighting game of the year. But could that just be a function of there's only been like yeah, five what would big you fighting replace games in the year? There, um, what's I'm trying to think of the name of. There was a um, Arc System Works game that came out this year. That's not Dragon Ball, but it was like uh, the battle brigade like it's the one with the persona characters in it you can't remember the name so it must have been awesome <laughs> well no but i'm just saying like there's 
I, I'm not a huge anime fighter, but there were anime fighters that came out this year. Is that, that the one that like crosses fighters. over Persona with uh, Ruby R W B Y? Yeah, Ruby R uh, Persona, and then the um, now now getting a remake um, Guilty Gear stuff. Hmm. Like I, it's just it's <sighs> I don't know. Like like I said again, I'm not privy to those conversations. I don't know who or how they pick those lists. Um, like I said earlier, it's good for everybody to be upset, but there's still a series to watch these things. One, the trailers, because there's going to be a lot of trailers. And two, to see what internet personality is going to milkshake uh, duck themselves. Like, who in the next 12 months are we going to talk about, like, oh, trending gamer of the year did something stupid, now we're going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, that's almost become, like, a weird meme of that show. I don't even care, like... I want to get back to the game of the year stuff really quickly because I, I there is an I, I was making the joke earlier, but an obvious omission to me is Outer Wilds. I think out, which got nominated for best indie game, but I feel like should be on. I, I can see why it might not have made the cut for for game of the year. Um, but I mean, like not only Outer Wilds, Void Bastards. Um, mm. There's like I mean, Untitled just, Goose Game, that, Untitled Goose Game. Like there's so many great games that came out this year, and like. I don't know. It's just like I said. It's very weird to me. Like, it's just like this. This list, the listing of it, it seems very weird. And honestly, doesn't it seem very early for Death Stranding to be on that list? Considering press have been playing for Death Stranding at this point now almost a month. Yeah. If you think of review lead time, then it's not so early. Yeah. They've they've they're well experienced with it, and it's very possible to have reached the end game yeah. for it by now. Yeah. So to me, actually, when I look at the games of the year, like I've played most of those and loved most of those games. So I'm there's there's nothing on there that I'm like, other than you know, like Smash being from last year. But okay, it's their rules. Like I I you know fine. So so I, I pulled up some more things. Apex Legend. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like how how and that came out this year, but it's an on it's an ongoing game, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That got nominated for a couple different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but why wouldn't you put that as a game of the year? Like, Apex Legends is a big deal. Like, I don't... It, like I said, it's just... It's very weird. Uh, Tetris 99, which I would definitely put on there. <sighs> I love that game a lot. I Rest think maybe the way that game was released and it was a surprise thing and it was free, quote-unquote, to most people as part of the Nintendo thing, they probably just wouldn't... It, it did get nominated for multiplayer game. Yeah, I mean... There, I mean, Days Gone, another game that... Yes, but you and I are the only ones yeah, who like that. Days Gone wasn't going to make it on many lists, unfortunately, but it's really fun. Um, yeah. The, one omission uh, from a different category that hopefully you'll agree with me on, TL, is... So the sports category is weird. It almost is like... It feels like a European uh, award show with some of these, like, the sports titles, because it's like, okay, there's Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, I guess... Dirt Rally 2.0, Pro Evo 2020, so a soccer game, mm-hmm. uh, F1, so again, very European-centric uh, sport there with the F1 racing, mm-hmm. and then FIFA. No Madden, no NBA 2K, and no, the biggest submission, MLB The Show, man! That's I, the yeah, sports that's, game of the year. The, I wonder how much of that problem. is, like, I, I don't think a lot of, there are a lot of U.S. Uh, game journalists who are, like, super into sports, but I know for a fact that there are a lot of European ones who are. That's probably exactly what happened here, and that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it wouldn't be the show is easily the best sports game that came out this year. Yeah. <laughs> In past several years, probably to be honest, it's it's, really, it's really fucking good and really fun. And like I said, it, it's just it's very weird. I I even look at the RPG, like the RPGs they put they put Kingdom Hearts three on the RPG list. Mm. 
but you didn't put Fire Emblem... They put Iceborne on the RPG list, and you didn't put Fire Emblem Three Houses? Well, Fire Emblem ended up on the, I want to say, the strategy list. Yeah, that's on the strategy list. list. But, well, okay, so A... Keely does not want to get death threats. He had to put Kingdom Hearts 3 on the RPG list. <laughs> all right. Um, and B, Iceborne absolutely deserves to be on there. What's weird is it's not a, it's not a standalone game. You, you have to own Monster Hunter World to play Iceborne. This might be the only DLC thing on this list, which is weird. And then the other one is Final Fantasy XIV is on this list. That did not come out this year. That's an ongoing game, mm-hmm. but it somehow got nominated this year for. So they must just be nominating the is most it, recent expansion. Is it under it. best ongoing game? It's um, but it's under it's under RPG. It is. It is under it is under best ongoing game as well. Right, but it's weird that so I'm I'm guessing they probably just nominated the most recent expansion for the RPG category. Yeah, because otherwise, how how could you do that? But, you know, overall, not too much controversy, to be honest, out of these award nominations. Uh, We will cover them more after they happen, and we can talk about some of the winners. But uh, that was the Game Awards, and that is all the news that's fit to play. Yay. Well, let's move on to the community segment, which is always a segmenting our community. Uh, Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's a recent game trend that bugs the shit out of you? Uh, Trav, you weren't here last week. Do you have one? Um, A recent game trend that bugs the shit out of me. You know what? I'm gonna say it. I'm done with Metroidvanias. <gasps> give me a give, give me a linear give me a linear story. Let me progress to a level. Let me explore the level at that time. I don't need to backtrack. I don't need to go back again. Um, I will roll myself up into a morphing ball, roll down your throat, and choke you to death for that sentiment, sir. <laughs> Look, we've we've done it a lot, and it it was fun. The first 500 times. I get it. Game developers were influenced by Super Metroid. That's literally been over 20 years now. So can we Probably can we just like get away years? from the Metroidvania? Uh, I don't know. I, after playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, I disagree. Because that is a great Metroidvania-inspired I, game. I think... I think it's really cool to go back to see levels in different lights. However, I also... I'm also a huge fan of looking at games... As linear structures and going from that linear structure, learning from there. Hmm. All right, fair enough. Let's... Agree to disagree. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, uh, on Twitter, uh, Fresh Till Death says, "Holding a button to do every single thing. Let me just pick a thing up. <laughs> if it makes contact with my feet, I should pick it up." I hold X to acknowledge that comment. Yeah. Uh, at King Ripdoor says, unskippable dialogue, not cutscenes, which are also bad. Dialogue during gameplay. It's very frustrating, especially in games where you replay the story mode. Yeah, agreed. Uh, that's a lifesaver for me, in, or a time saver, in games like The Outer Worlds, where once you're just into regular conversations with people, just hit that button so I can read faster than they can, they can speak. Which I feel bad for the voice actors, but sorry. Yeah, yeah. exactly. From the official Laser Time Facebook community, which I'm a moderator at, uh, Jason Cromer says, That stupid crap when Nintendo does random character in games says, You've been playing for a long time. Maybe you should take a break. I'm almost 40, and you're not my mom, Nintendo. Yes, they are. (laughs) They are your mom. They're more your mom than your mom is. Nintendo is your daddy. Get it straight. (laughs) And you have been playing for too long. You should take a break. You've been listening to this podcast too long. You should (laughs) take take a break. break. Jesus Christ. Why are you still here? Uh, Leonardo Chavez says, 
Motion Control on the Switch. We all had our fun on the Wii and the Wii U with motion control gaming, but they have crept into Switch games that are required to progress. Shrines in Breath of the Wild needed motion control to solve some puzzles. Certain Mario Odyssey Moons motion control was needed. And Pokemon Let's Go series, all motion control! It even sold a Pokeball so you can shake and play easier. I prefer optional motion control, for example, in the Splatoon series. Switch Lite design has given me hope for the end of required motion control gameplay. Yeah. I think maybe part of that is a function of a lot of Switch games mm-hmm. are remakes or ports from the Wii U. And so they're, you know, they're not enough. We still don't have a Skyward Sword remake. <clears throat> Never need it. <laughs> it's one of the best Zelda games ever made. <laughs> we can't be friends. Friendship over. Um, and finally, Patrick McClafferty says, I have found the widespread presence of weapon degradation to be frustrating. When even a major series like Zelda insists on doing that system, you can tell it has gone too far. Yeah, juggling the weapons in Zelda wasn't great in Breath of the Wild, like ha- having to have 20 different swords and then, you know, oh, this one's about to break. I got or, or having your master's sword break was tough and waiting for it to recharge. That was a little frustrating. I agree. Or was it, remember that bug that, was it, one of the Dark Souls games had a bug where it, the degradation was tied to your frame rate. And so if you were like on PC and running it like a, above 60 frames or something, it would degrade the weapon even faster. <laughs> It's so weird. Jeez. Awesome. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, weapon breaking is not wonderful. All right. So new question of the week. If you could play as the bad guys from any game, experience their story, knowing that you're going to experience them losing to the hero at the end, uh, which would it be? We're looking for some, some sort of doomed like, what's it like to play on the losing side? Uh, I'm going to say I would love to play a Castlevania game from Dracula's perspective and uh, play it as a strategy game, sending out monsters to deal with those feather-brained Belmonts and try to, to keep them at bay. Mm. Maybe maybe do a little deception style, set up some traps around the palace and uh, just try to hold them back long enough uh for them to storm my throne room and, and still send me to hell. Yeah. We already talked about mine earlier on the show. Sephiroth! Uh, <laughs> one of the most compelling villains in gaming yeah. history. He's got a whole villain's journey you can yeah. play through. Well, that, yeah. but even just, we also don't know too much about him before the whole villain thing. You know, it, mm-hmm. it got explored a little bit in Crisis Core, but I'd love just to see more what makes that dude tick because he is one of the coolest looking Final Fantasy characters of all time. And it's like, how'd he get the white hair? I want to know how to know. Maybe he was born with I mean, he was Maybe born with the white hair. He was the son. <laughs> He's the son of Lucretia and Hojo. And, of course, when he was gestated, he had white hair. He's also invited in, in with Geneva cell, Genova cells. That's Sorry, what's... My, my Final Fantasy VII Super Soul I just came Why, why does he think Genova is his mom, then? <sighs> It's a, it's we a need to thing. play it's, a game starring it, him to find out. That. You're right, it's because you're right. Hojo is the actual real bad guy of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Um, no one yes. appreciates it. Hojo sounds like a style of the tater tots or the hash browns at a waffle house. Hojo is a chain of diners. It is, okay. That's <laughs> Howard, Howard Johnson. Johnson's, that's yes. right. Yes. Hojo, Hojo sucks. Um, 
Howard Johnson and the character. Yes. Um, anyway, uh, I would want to play as Bowser and the style of game. It's Mario Maker 3. Hmm. What hmm. better way of, of being Bowser than making your own traps for Mario to come through? You know he's going to beat you. But now you have to make levels as devilish as you can because you want to beat Mario. Would you fly around in the little clown flying inverted helicopter thing he had from Super Mario World? Why would you? Why would he fly in anything else? Yeah, uh, he is he is Bowser, King of the Koopas. Now I'm so just realizing there was to. a there was a real missed opportunity in not making the uh, the maker character Bowser instead of like it's just Mario with a hard hat or like right. it's this pigeon and this lady. <laughs> right, he's yeah. plotting out the levels to kill Mario on his way to to get him. I get yeah. it. It's a tower defense yes. game. Mm-hmm. Basically, genius, genius. Basically, yes. I like that a lot. And, and one of the best Nintendo games ever, Bowser's Inside Story. You do get to play as Bowser at mm-hmm. times, and That's it's true. although you're the Mario Brothers controlling Bowser, aren't you? Or yeah, but there well, there are levels yes. where you get to play as Bowser. No, yes, and those it's are really fun. fun. And they're those are they're they're kind of like Godzilla like levels. You're super mm-hmm. powerful and they're great. Nice. Yeah, fun games. Is that everybody? That's everybody. All right. Yeah. Uh, so. Which losing side would you like to be on if you were if you got to play as the bad guys from your favorite game? Uh, let us know. Go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Uh, I would send you to VGGameApocalypse.com, but it is still very much borked at this point, and uh, I will just point out here if you are somehow listening to this and you have not subscribed to our temporary feed. Open your podcast app of choice, uh, find out how to manually insert a URL, and go to http colon slash slash com and either leave it at that or slash RSS, and it will subscribe you to a whole new feed. It depends on your app. Yeah, certain apps yeah. need the slash RSS, others don't. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yes, let us know, and we will read the best answers on next week's show. Anyway, that's our show. Uh, Trav, let's go out with some plugs. What have you got for us? Where else can people hear your dulcet tones? Uh, you can hear me over on the PMB network, that's pmbcast.com, um, or you search in your uh, uh, thing, Bob's iTunes, Google, Stitcher, all those. Uh, search for PB Podcast. You will find our show. Find my, yeah, find our show. I host a show with Kayla Zumbaum, Dylan Tyranny, Robert Beach, and myself, where we kind of just talk about anything. And then also, if you are on the Laser Time Network, what? I've I've done a couple of shows. What? Uh, uh, there, there's a bonus time that will come up at some point. And then also, me and Matt uh, during a do a wrestling show called. Uh, cheap podcast. We call it Wrestle Time. That's not the name of the show. Uh, yeah, cheap podcast where we talk about uh, the world of professional wrestling, new and old, and we're coming up on a big pay per view. Here's my biggest selling point about this about this podcast. Even if you're not a fan of wrestling, you can check it out because we kind of talk about it as an entertainment show, and I think that's very important. Yes, absolutely. You must be talking about Cheap Podcast, the Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. It is November. 
which means Survivor Series is coming up. So we are, uh, TNL, TL and I are talking about the uh, Laser Time Patreon exclusive preview show that will be in the patron feed. And then, yeah, following the event, which happens this Sunday, 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 uh, we will be putting a review show up uh, later on in the week or next week. Um, we're also probably going to end up talking a lot about AEW's Full Gear show uh, during that review episode. So, yeah. If you're not already, go to patreon.com slash laser time. Subscribe at the $5 or more level per month, and you will get access to that exclusive preview show. Or check us out in the free feed uh, where you can hear the review show. Uh, yeah. And that is Cheap Podcast. And then follow us on the Twitter ah! at Cheap Podcast. Hey, adding an addendum to that plug. Sure. Um, <laughs> if you are in the Jacksonville area, uh, if you go down to uh, Rec Room, is a is a barcade run by a Laser Time uh, fan, uh, Jose De Garcia. Uh, Rec Room, they are showing uh, Survivor Series there. I will be there, so come hang out, oh, have a shit. beer with me, have a Cheap beer with Jose. Cheap podcast meet and greet. Holy <laughs> wow! Have a have a beer with me, have a beer with Jose at at his barcade. Uh, we watch Survivor Series on his screens. All right, well, that's been our show. As always, you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, or if you want to hear me occasionally ranting about stupid shit on my own time, uh, follow me at Wikiparas. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. You see Fartgate with uh, on Hardball? That shit is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they keep falling all over themselves to explain it. Like, it was a mug moving. It was yeah. a phone going off. <laughs> Here, let's test it. That is something moving across the table. Does that sound like a fart to you? I can sort of hear it. It's just, it just that, like, he pauses and, like, his shoulders drop from breath the same time. Oh, yeah, he pauses. He's, he's lifting a cheek in that for yeah, sure. Yeah. Like I had, had he's to not, he's standing out. up. He's standing up in the fucking Capitol after the fucking impeachment hearing. <laughs> My favorite theory is that it's it's Chris, what's his, Chris, uh, what's his last name? Chris Matthews? Matthews, that he does this all the time. <laughs> and then it just, he's, I fart and I blame everybody else but me. <laughs> <laughs> and then the people are producing evidence of other times he's farted on the air. <laughs> it's happened on his show multiple times. Crop dust gate. There is one variable here where all these farts happen on the news and Chris Matthews is in all of it. Oh, goodness. Yeah, weird, weird how these uh, mug scraping and vibrating incidents never happen to anyone else. You don't see Rachel Maddow having to describe a mug scraping across the table.